A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello Egg Chasers and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Here for one more time in 2019 in the Rugby Dungeon, I'm Tim, that's JB. Hello Tim. That's Phil. Hello Tim. And uh, we hope you had a lovely Christmas period. What did everyone have for Christmas dinners? Uh, turkey, turkey. Oh, I, I wanted to have goose, but it, I had the in-laws over, and it was so insisted hipster. upon. I had to get goose. <laughs> I had to get turkey. So um, no, it was all right. But does anyone ever go? Oh, I'm really looking forward to a bit of turkey. I've got to say, yeah, I really I, I oh. do enjoy it. Turkey, no. We we had a lot of sausage-related products to yes. accompany the turkey. Yes, no, and, that's a good point. And a beef Wellington. I, I knew oh, someone would well have beef. played. I knew yeah, it. Yeah, beef Wellington was a good addition, actually. I wanted Enjoyed a rib of beef or a, or a goose, but no, I was overruled. Although, like you say, I got well into the sausage. The sausage sauce meat stuffing <laughs> yes. was the best bit on my plate. Yeah. Agreed. I, I nailed it. It is amazing how much sausage that we are using in order to, to excite our turkey. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. That's what to put it. It's very true. Yeah. It's very true. Here's a question for you. Um, what director of rugby in the Gallagher Premiership would you most like to have for Christmas dinner? Who would I most... Who would be the best company for Christmas dinner? Dimes. <laughs> Bar none. You reckon? Bar No, actually, I think uh, Ackerman is a fascinating, fascinating guy. Ackerman would you, be You good. wouldn't be able to skip Grace before eating? God, no. No. Nor would you want to. No, nor would you want to. And You need God on your side. Baxter would be good. Uh, Baxter and McCall would be maybe too serious. They are serious. But, yeah. But I think they'd be very, very good. I think Chris Boyd might be a little bit of a dark horse there. I bet... I bet you know, a couple of ports with the cheese, yes. of course. He might start getting yeah. into some really good stories. He's very Boy, dry. Well, I guess all these DORs, even the driest ones to camera, they must have at least a little bit of a sense of humour because you can't work in that environment without being able to laugh at almost everything. Yeah, you've got to love the team environment of competitive sports to yeah. get into yeah, this right. in the I mean, first who place. Who do you actually know who even plays competitive sport who's really a, like a dullard? <laughs> no one. Not many people. No. And it's it's often the big difference you can tell. You can often tell when someone's not played competitive sport in yes. their adult life. There's just something about s- some people. They're different. Yes. <laughs> they're different, yeah. aren't they? You sometimes think, oh, I wonder why that guy is acting like that. Oh, yes, that's why. Stacks up. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably go. I think um, Pat Lamb is a really oh, interesting Pat Lamb bloke. Would be good. But I think possibly 
and, you, and Christmas is a day where you want to be positive and grateful and thankful and stuff. And he is, is the most positive, the most grateful, the most thankful man on earth, probably. But I reckon by the end of Christmas Day, you might be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I know it's all amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat Lamb, Pat Lamb will just spend the whole time telling you about how many rubbish players he's picked up and rescued. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, those players are worthless. Yeah, 23 separate players. 23 all right, worthless Pat. players. <laughs> but that's, that's, the, that's the biggest criticism I can uh, make of Pat Lamb, and the reason why I wouldn't pick him is that he's, he's, too, ni- he's too nice. There's a couple of guys you wouldn't positive. particularly want round at the moment. I mean, Dai Young, after his good win, will be in a better mood. Yeah. But Jordan Murphy, you, you had the, the pleasure, Tim, of John Murphy and Paul Gustard. Oh, you did? They're, oh, they're who not... did you interview in that situation? I did both of them. Because, well, then who goes on to the BT set? No one. No one. Was that going to be the case anyway? Um, Only winners get, this, get to the set. Possibly. In a draw, you don't pick one over the other. So, yeah, it, always with a draw, that's what would happen. Ah. You wouldn't just have them like, on either sides of the table. No. <laughs> but it was, it was one occasion where the, the man of the match was picked irrelevant of the result. Yes, uh, because that is true. Cause because of who the, was one of the match because I don't of even know. Uh, Paul Lasiki. Yes, uh, because uh, of, yeah. because of Joe Launchbury in the 2015 World Cup <laughs> uh, <laughs> holding yeah. his man of the match medal after losing to <laughs> Wales. Uh, <laughs> we, you tend to pick a man of the match from the winning team. Yeah, that was awful. That was a, that Launchbury picture, the Mastercard. Oh, yeah. I think it was Mastercard <laughs> man of the match award. Yeah, it that, was, on it. that was repeated by Michael Hooper the following year when Eddie uh, Eddie's England went three and zero in Australia. And Michael Hooper got the the fans award for man of the match in the oh. final test. Cheers, guys! <laughs> yeah, thank you. The ultimate trolling. Uh, I, I I enjoyed Paul Asiki on on Saturday. Mm. He's God, he's powerful, ferocious, so, isn't he? Yeah, we we saw him firsthand in the flesh in uh, Japan watching USA, and he was him and Taufete 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 the hooker were. By far the best go forward aspect of the USA team. Mikey T was a go sideways aspect. Yeah, Mikey T had big Mikey T. Yeah, he had. He had some times, times. He had some moments. He had moments. In, in yeah, exactly, exactly right. But Lasiki was good. As we're coming to the end of a decade, throughout this podcast, I'm going to pepper some questions based mm. on the decade we've had. Some rugby questions, like a little mm. bit, a little bit of a quiz. But rather than do it all in one chunk, I'll, I'll break it up. So I've picked. Premiership-based ones, international-based ones, uh, World Cups, Six Nations kind of things. Um, so one question from the international arena, or no, from uh, actually it wasn't even an international at this point, but regardless, anyway, the question is, why did Gavin Henson get fired by Cardiff Blues? I know, I know. Was Pick it, me, uh, how on? So, uh, Beardmore, Colwyn Bay. <laughs> <laughs> uh he got fired for having a, fl- a fight or getting drunk on a fly bee. That's uh, two separate things. What are you going for? What's your answer? I'm going to say he got abusively drunk. And th- no, that's the same thing, abusively drunk. And I think the airline was fly bee. Yeah, I, I seem to remember being drunk and disorderly on an aircraft. Possibly flying back from Italy. I've got a feeling it was London. I've got a feeling it was Harlequins. Would you fly I'm back sure from London to Cardiff? Ca- no, you wouldn't, would you? So Cardiff, really, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Either way, the answer is correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone wins. Was it a train? It was on a flyby flight from Glasgow. Glasgow, ah. okay. They had a they had a flight back at seven a.m. the morning after a match, and they he went out drinking in Glasgow after the game, carried on drinking on the flight, and then and then. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> was banned from Fly B for a period of time. Um, <laughs> That'd be a disaster. Because I really enjoyed he, Fly he B. Was, <laughs> because he was very drunk and was throwing ice cubes at other passengers. Uh, and also, imagine how bad that would be. Because, you know, his passing is very precise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Big Gav. Another, just another quick question then. Who were the centres when Bod was dropped for the Deciding Lions test in 2013? Uh, yeah. JD and... Uh, I would say Jamie Roberts. Jamie Roberts, yeah. Correct, you both both got the points there between you. It's definitely he was dropped for JD, yeah. wasn't he? And um, the five try scorers for Ireland in their famous win at Soldier Field over New Zealand. Uh, you can take it in turns. Have an answer. Okay, Conor Murray. Correct. I was going to go for Conor Murray. Uh, Too late, mate. I will say uh, Ringrose. Incorrect. Simon Zebo. Correct. Henshaw. Correct. Ooh. Um, hmm. Hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll direct you a little bit. I'll say the other two were both back row players. Sean oh. O'Brien. Incorrect. Just thinking when he retired and whether he. Um, oh, oh, pick uh, me, pick wait, me. Wait, 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 CJ on. Stander, correct. Jamie Peace. Heaslip. There's one more. No, not Jamie no. Heaslip. Uh, so, I'm gonna go for. Uh, Josh Van der Fleer. No. Uh, I have no idea. It's a player that has moved provinces since. Uh, I know, Jordy Murphy. Jordy Murphy. Correct. I think he got the first try. <sighs> yeah, that was that was one of the moments of the decade, wasn't it, rugby wise? Jordy so. Murphy coming to Ulster. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Ulster got a good win against Connacht, actually. A bloody good win. Five, good win. five try bonus point win. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. But come on, let's start with the game we've just watched then. The the the, the game we were so excited about. And as a spectacle, it lived up to it in terms of tension. Probably not the Probably not the amount of rugby we expected to see played play, but maybe that was understandable. I think it was in given in, it was Exeter and Saracens. Yeah, I think it was an inevitable consequence yeah. of the pressure on the situation from both teams. And both teams seemed less willing to concede a try than they were to score a try, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean Exeter's resolute defence yeah. for seventy five yeah. minutes, seventy six minutes of that game was just sensational. It was I mean you know, it's cliche, but it was a, v- a game of very, very fine margins. <laughs> it was. I mean you basically take half a percent off some of the effort from Exeter and Saracens win that game. Or a little bit of wind in the opposite direction and two yeah. of Farrell's kicks go over so they're in a different position. Or Joe Simmons doesn't hold up oh Jamie God. George over the try line. Unbelievable, that. That's, that was yeah. unbelievable. I mean, I think that's what they'll look at. When they analyse this, Saracens being Saracens, rather than saying, oh, we lost, disaster, they'll look at it and go, look, here are some key moments. You know, Jamie George gets held up. Uh, Nick Azikwe knocks on. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? Was it just before the end of the half? There was something else? Uh, oh, 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 they, were well, tur- the- they were turned over on Exeter's line. You know, so... Yeah, very very close game. About a, a, a battle of equals. If you if, if you watch the game without the score in the corner and you took away the final five meters, every time any player got within five meters of a try line, you just deleted that bit of tape and watched the rest. I reckon you would have guessed Saracens won twen- yeah. twenty four points to seven. Yeah, I would something say like that's that. Probably correct. Yeah, I thought Saracens were the better team for a large yeah. large period of this. And in the first half, or s- certainly very. Uh, very shortly into the second half, 
Saracens has had six visits into Exeter's 22 and got zero points from them. Yeah, which, which, uh, which is Nick, Nick Mullins on comms saying that um, first time in God knows how long they went in with no points. Yeah, yeah. And how often do you see at Sandy Park Exeter being dominated in t- in possession? Yeah, like yeah. half in the first half, Exeter went in seven <clears> nil <throat> up, sixty meters game to Saracens over two hundred and. So and nearly 70% possession. I, I do you know, that didn't really surprise me too much because over the last couple of weeks, particularly that Leicester game, they have been sort of slowish out the blocks and they came out second half and uh, their second try, I thought, was very, very Exeter. It was. And they just couldn't kind of get on the front foot again. Yeah. The wind did play a, um, a part in that, definitely. So are we saying now, Owen Farrell, England's done? All hail Joe Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a bit soon to to call that. On a serious note, though, do you think he's far away from an England call? I wouldn't say so. Uh, he, he can't be far away. Where would you rank him? If you rank him fly halves at the moment, I don't know his answer. So I top mean, top two, top two, top are, two are definitely themselves. in there. Marcus Smith is not playing particularly well at the moment. He shows some brilliant moments, but also some if you're going to missing touch, basic yeah. insane. If you were to say, yeah, ranking is a good way to put it, or if, you say, if you're going to say, hey, who do you want to sign for your club tomorrow? I don't think people would even talk about Joe Simmons. They, but actually, at some point, we're going to have to say, you know, not only is he a good premiership fly half, maybe he deserves a jump to international. I, I look at it and I think it's hard to judge because he sat behind that extra pack. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jacob Umanger for Wasps is a young guy that's actually done quite well. Uh, and... and but he's, he's had to really fight for that. Whereas when Manu Vanapola stepped in at Saracens, he's behind Saracens' pack, and he's looked yeah. like, oh, look how he look how comfortable he's finding it. I reckon any fly half, you'd see the best of them if they were behind Exeter or Saracens' pack. So that's a very good point. That's not to knock Joe Simmons, but it, he's going to have England's pack in front of him. The, yeah, well, the, the, <laughs> they're not bad. The context it depends is, if he's playing it, South Africa or not. <laughs> the context yeah. is important, and this is why you know the people that make that select international s- squads. A far deeper understanding of the game than we have to be able to watch a player, even in a in a poor team or a better team, and and understand how it works in context. But I'd, I'd be... put him top four, uh, probably. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd put him ahead of Cipriani at the moment. Oh yes, Cipers. no, I wouldn't do that. But maybe not based on the long term, but certainly the way he's playing this year, I would put him ahead of Cipriani. Yes, I think. Yeah, I, I think I'm. I think I'm probably where Tim is, which is I don't appreciate how good he is. Because I think of him as part of the greater Exeter collective. He's just a cog in the just bigger a, machine. Yeah. It, but you, it would be a fascinating experiment to to swap Umaga, uh, who, who um, had a very important role to play against um, Bristol, and Simmons for a few weeks and see how they both perform in Hang those on, new though. roles. The, the thing we are missing is that he hasn't missed a kick all season. Well, he missed one. Uh, what, today? That- uh, no, uh, a couple of weeks ago, he, he missed his first one. He was 37 in a row, and then he missed one. I mean, that's that's legit. When Owen that Farrell, might have been against Bristol. Who is a phenomenal kicker, missed both of his kicks today at Sunday yeah. Park because of the wind, and Joe yeah, Simmons and the- just slamming him through. Yeah, and the Farrells were easier than, certainly easier than the first Simmons kick, which was kicks. Simmons' kick from the touchline, and you see it move, you see it curl around, you see it... He's hit that too far. No, he's hit nope. it perfectly. And he knows the, the Exeter win, the Sandy Park win. Yeah. Uh, are there um, notable performances? Another fly-half that wasn't playing fly-half. Ma- Max Mallins was good. Uh, dec- uh, hang on. It was well, Max Mallins at fullback, right? It yeah. was. Good. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, he, he had some good moments. He was man of the match last week. He, he, his, his footwork's great. Um, him and Owen Farrell between them conspired to give Exeter seven points. 
How do you mean? Well, the... Owen Farrell's really poor pass, and then Max Mallins flopped Nick White kicked it through. And oh, right. So I missed the first three or four minutes. So I didn't actually see that because of the first try. Um, uh, just, just what, one thing. Did you? Um, <laughs> I, I really liked the Exeter crowd's response to Saracens running out. Not a single person booing. Yeah, a few people politely clapping, but most people just dead silent. Yeah. I thought it was great. <laughs> so there, there was really a, good. I can't remember who did it, but there was a poll on Twitter that said, "What should they do? Boo, applaud, um, stay silent." I think stay generally staying silent is the right approach. Yeah. I wouldn't have liked to see the booing. No, that, that wouldn't. I don't really care what they do. It wouldn't as have quite been do right. It together. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the thing about responses. Like, it's, it's really cool if everyone just shut, shut up. It'd be really cool if everyone was booing too. But then, so booing, this this is a point you've made in the past. It should be, so it should be natural to the environment. So yes. if you're if you're in Argentina, if Saracens play in Argentina or France, yeah. boo all you like. Yeah, because that's like part of the culture. Pigs thrown on the on yeah, the exactly. Yeah, <laughs> bags full of fake blood or real blood, whatever it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, th- that's fine. In England, it's it's a bit different, and and in Sandy Park especially because there's such a, a rivalry, but they're s- such a good club. Wow. So I think the, the uh, silence yeah. and a few applause. I thought it was great. Okay, it was perfect. Have I got this wrong? Did did Chelsea Football Club used to throw celery? Uh, I don't know. I, I made that up completely. I don't sure, know. I don't I'm know. sure they used to throw celery for uh, some reason. Go, uh, pull wow. it up, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe maybe throw scones. <laughs> But One thing I did watch over Christmas period was Don't F With Cats. I started not watching the first 10, 10 and I'm just, I'm just going, this is this is like our Egg Chasers version. We're doing some deep web digging on celery being thrown onto sports fields. Why is this, The headline on this article is, Why is Chelsea Football Club fixated on celery? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, right. 2,000 words. The concept of throwing celery onto the pitch began with the fans of lower league side Gillingham back in the 1980s. This is what we need to know. <laughs> this is what the fans are crying out for. Yes. Before the football season began, celery would grow on their home pitch, according to stories. Really? What? This is on Gillingham, allegedly on Gillingham. Gillingham was uh, the local club from where I was born. My, was my, it coached my by... My uh, was a season ticket holder. Some, fa- some fans have been known to pelt <laughs> opposing players with the vegetable... When they come into the range of stands, yeah, what? I'm sure they were throwing celery like maybe five years ago. Well, in 2007, it was banned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, early in 2007, Chelsea banned celery from Stamford Bridge. <laughs> a statement. <laughs> a a sta- sentence I did not think we would say on this podcast. <laughs> a statement on the club's official website reminded fans that. The throwing of anything at football matches, including celery, is a criminal <laughs> offence. I love how it's including celery. Like <laughs> these days, it's lighters and coins, excluding celery. <laughs> if anyone is found attempting to bring celery into Stamford Bridge, they could be refused entry, and anyone caught throwing celery will face a ban. Wow! I mean, of course, there you so, go. People will inevitably try and get around this. There'll be a guy with a Mac open up celery. Celery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you ever read about a Glasgow brick? Uh, that is a newspaper. A newspaper. Yeah. Do, 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 do you know this? No. Well, you don't know how to make a weapon out of a newspaper. So you can't take newspapers into football grounds or some football grounds because a Glasgow brick is a way of folding a newspaper. It's basically, I think it goes like knuckle dusters. Uh, yeah, it's basically it's, oh my God. rock it makes solid. Like, uh, like a club, yeah. Imagine folding, you know the old thing, you yeah. can't fold a piece of paper more than seven times or whatever it is. Eight. Eight times, mm-hmm. there you go. 
So fold it, fold it, fold it, and it's rock solid. Yeah, it is. What was the, what's the other one I was thinking of? Not quite as menacing as the Glasgow brick. There's an ice hockey team that throw octopus onto the <laughs> ice. Got very uh, posh. Yeah, that's in. That's one of the Canadian teams. And when they come out, there's just octopus flying everywhere. <laughs> Actually, is that right? Was it just one octopus? Have I made that. One no, octopus. There's another one. There's another one, and I'm sure they throw soft toys. That's what I'm thinking of. They've got a soft toy one where they come out onto the ice, and all these teddy bears get thrown onto the ice. And then that's less up. menacing. Yeah, it's yeah. Like the generation game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there's also one with an octopus. So maybe we should. I mean, maybe some some Premiership team should start throwing something. Yeah. Is that responsible to what suggest? Could be uh, it's Negroni. Got... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that would be the worst thing. Imagine getting imagine in your eyes on your clothes. You're about to play 80 minutes of rugby and you stink of Negroni. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see um, uh, the Harry Williams red card? Yes. yes. I didn't really understand it. Because I wasn't, so, I mean, I saw Harry Williams run on, I was like, I thought he's off. He is off. And then he got a red card, retrospectively. But it, he'd already got a yellow card, hadn't he? He'd yeah. already got a yellow card, so it wasn't a second yellow, it was, it it was, was a direct it was a red. red card for someone on the replacements bench running along and piling in on a on a bit of, well, it wasn't, you don't get fisticuffs, as we talked about no, before, you don't yeah, get fisticuffs. A melee. A melee, a f- yeah. A fracar. Um, um, which I'm he, sure he, we must have seen before, replacements But I think, like, if you get in. anywhere near the opposition bench, it would happen. So how far away were they from the Exeter bench? He was on that... 15 metres. Yeah, on that yeah, touchline, so maybe on the 10... In my mind, he's in trouble there. You just don't do it. Yeah. yeah. You, do, you don't get off your bench. Um, now, so. interestingly, so he'd been taken off after failing a HIA. So will That's that... my defence. Yeah, will that be part of the defence? Uh, genuinely, yeah, if, he, if he's... If he's too, think, too concussed to play rugby, he's too concussed to make a reasonable decision about what he's doing. Uh, so... Oh, Phil. He is. Uh, I nice. just wonder, uh, nice. speculative. Thank us later, yeah. Exeter. <laughs> Harry so, Williams. I, I think he's going to face a rather large ban this. Because, you reckon? Well, if you think about it, you're playing a game of rugby, you've got a yellow card followed by a red card. The yellow card's irrelevant to this. Yeah, it is actually, because it's not foul players, it's no. just a yellow card. Yeah. But I think there's something more serious about coming off your bench than participating. Like the Munster Doctor. You know, he's basically Munster Doctor. Well, we haven't it. heard how that's played out, have we? No, no. I've not heard anything. Right. not seen anything. Imagine the disciplinaries have been yeah. on hold over Christmas. But they, they might wish to make a point with him. I think they say this yeah. is... Yeah, I, which, which I think would be reasonable, because it, it should be... No one from the sideline should get involved at all. No, It doesn't matter if he, he comes off two minutes ago or 62 minutes ago. He shouldn't yeah. be getting involved. You're right. Yep. Oh, well. so, uh, I thought Wayne Barnes handled it really well. Oh, he handled talking the whole of which, game. did you see what Billy, Billy Vinopola said? He looked like an absolute idiot, frankly. Um, and that's not something I say lightly, because I'm a big, big fan of Billy. But Wayne Barnes was telling him to get to the, get halfway, to the halfway line. line. He said, uh, Billy goes halfway. Bill, uh, he must have said it three times, and then threatened him with going off. He said, right, do you want to go? And Billy said... I'm a grown-ass man. Or you don't talk to me like that. I'm a grown-ass man. What? Which is... I totally missed that. Yeah. If you go, go back... Uh, t- I tweeted about it. Now, I might have got that wrong, but I'm pretty sure I got it right. Uh, which is not particularly grown-up grown up to say. <laughs> Ironically. To point the guy, to the guy that's trying to referee the game. <laughs> yeah. They talk to me like that. I'm a grown-ass man. Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> so I think Billy lost well, his cool a bit. There have been some, uh, there have been some rugby players doing some... Well, I mean, you might deem it, I'd say, unwise things in uh, in various places, both on the pitch and off. Like, oh. Joe Marler, late last night. 
Nice. Or, or, or very early this morning. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know if I want to necessarily be be, a, be someone that dobs him in, but the, the tweet, Snitch. his tweet is still up there, and I, I, I just, I wonder if that were um, other players. I don't know if, if because it's Joe Marler, people give him a wider berth than normal. But. Yeah, I think they do. And I think the reason they do that is because he owns it. You know, you can basically be anything you want as long as you are genuine to that thing. And, you know, they'll go, oh, Joe's Joe, and that's it. Owen Farrell tries to do that, or George Ford tries to tweet that, and it's a very, very different outcome. If, if anyone from Saracens had done what Joe Marler's done, it would be blowing up on social media right 100%. 100%. Yeah. But he owns it, doesn't he? That's the, that's the character of the man. Yeah, you know, he doesn't pretend to be anything that he's not, and he'll get away with it. And that's fine. I I hope he does get away with it. I still think it's it's Actually, totally ill judged. That's what I mean. I hope I, I hope he does. Get hope away. he does get away with it. Whether he does get away with it is a rather different question. Yeah, because it is. If I, was, if I was Harlequins, I wouldn't be overly happy. No. In fact, I, if I was Adidas, I wouldn't be overly happy. Yeah. I yeah. was going to say you've got yeah. you've got O2, you've got Adidas, you've got um, there's lots of stakeholders that In whose England reputation who are lending their who are putting their reputation behind rugby who, who wouldn't expect it that yeah. one of the highest profile players who was in a World Cup final to um, to, yeah. to I, behave like that and the point being still leave the tweet there a I day think, later I argue this yeah. on two points which is the thing you've just said all that is absolutely correct on the other hand a guy like Joe Marler you know you've got to say you know <laughs> The, the good things you get from him, like the you know all the horse, the, all the horse speech, and yeah. going on you know various podcasts yeah. and doing going all on and Jonathan spreading Ross, the, yeah, and... spread all, spreading the gospel of rugby. You know, that's just the other side of that same coin. You know, you have got to accept he will go a bit too far, but he does spread the game. Uh, and, so... and last week uh, there was some talk about Ellis Genge, who's yes. another strong character who came 100%. up against uh, Marla this week, which we'll talk about in a yes, minute. Yes, we will. But people's the general consensus there was. We do not want to change these characters in rugby. We no, want, I agree we want with rugby that. to say rugby, and I totally echo that. I just think that this is over a line that shouldn't be crossed. <laughs> it's very if rude. I, if I had Joe Marler's number right now, I'd be texting him to to say, uh, "Do you want to just consider?" I do have Joe Marler's number actually. Take, taking that down. <laughs> I'm, I agree with Alice Genge when he said last week. You know, come on, guys, chill out. You don't. You, you don't. Want, Sportsmen, rugby players with no personality. Yeah. We're not. We're not robots. And I, I completely. I'm with you, Phil. Completely agree with Ellis Genge on that. Yeah. I just think there are lines. Yes. Um, and but having conversations like that with fans, uh, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, not sure I'm not sure. That's it's a great. Was it funny? Yeah. I, it, it made me smile. <laughs> yeah, smile. If that's the barometer, anyway. But I, I, and I will say, just not, not getting into it, but Courtney Laws and Ellis Genge on Twitter, I absolutely love. They're, out, they're, uh, they're they're either they're they're brave. Some would argue stupid. I think I should be in brave. I think they're stunningly brave. I think yeah. absolutely <laughs> they're stunning. Yeah, I, I love yeah. it. I love it. I think it's great. And they, those two got to battle head and head against head this week, despite both being loose head props. <laughs> yes, under normal circumstances. I thought it was awesome. I thought this was so awesome. Uh, one, I love the fact that Marla stepped up to do it because anyone who's anything about propping knows they do not like sw- sw- swapping sides. Certainly these days. And I suspect he knew exactly what was coming. And he still did it. So, you know, massive, massive respect to Joe Marler for saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to the other side so we don't need, don't lose another player because they'd be down to 13 then, right? Yeah. So, good, good effort. I also loved it because for those who don't know about scrimmaging, they can finally see. I mean, Joe Marler is not a bad scrimmager. He's not a weak man. 
Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not light. He's he's big, he's strong, yeah. he's a very, very good loose head prop he does scrimmager. A job which is the second closest no, the most closely related job to the to the one he's gonna attempt to do in yep. head prop. And now you can see how hard and technical it is. Yeah. Because it's bloody hard. Yeah, and, and the, yeah. The, in well, fairness to the lesser pack, they did have the upper hand pretty much all day would, in the scrummaging. Would Quinns have been better off going to 13 and having uncontested scrums? Yes. In, in hindsight, yes. I mean, I have not, I don't think I've ever seen a prop being taken apart that badly. It, it reminded me of um, Tommy Court in about 2013 when for Ireland he moved from loose head to tight head and got. Totally, totally destroyed Hard? by England. Like totally destroyed. And I, you watch Joe, Joe listener of the pod, and listener in front of the pod, Tom Court. Tom Court, Aiden, Aiden, Aiden Aiden Tom. Courtney. Um, yeah. Well, if you um, if you watch everything about it, like I was, what it was, it was so unusual the way that he, he you know, he set up his bind. You can see Alex Gens talking, and like, what on earth are you doing? Um, it, to the point that it looked like I thought there was a flanker playing there. Like it just looked like it was <laughs> so Mitt. unusual and so so unorthodox. I just couldn't really work out who it was. I had to watch it two or three times to work out who on earth they put it tight head. And then I realised it was Marla. But bloody hell, there's a lesson there, which is tight head prop is a bloody hard position. How it, Exeter? Oh, sorry, Exeter. How Harlequins did not win this game. I know they were 14 points up on two different occasions in the match, and 14 points up with what 20 minutes to go. Yeah, 14 points up at home. Uh, Tale of two bad teams. Mm. Yeah, Actually, yeah, yeah. Marvelous game to watch. It, it was an entertaining game to watch as a neutral. Um, a lot of games are igniting in the second half at the minute, aren't they? Mm. Cagey first yeah. ball teams. Everyone's the same. Everyone's looking around at each other. No one's really seeing anyone much stronger or much weaker unless it's Exeter or Saracens. And they're just trying to feel each other out. And then by the time they get to the second half, it's well, it's on. Oh, you've got to start scoring points. Yeah, Harlequins have got... Big issues in their centre, though. I, I do feel for for them because they've. I mean, Marchant's unavailable, and when he is getting back very soon, he's going to be off for six yeah, months. To which looks like maybe a bad call for this uh, season. Uh, you've got uh, Campagnaro now out long term. He, what went, he went off in a few minutes. He went off in a few minutes. It looks like it looked like a like a knee ACL type injury. <sighs> Don't know yet, but yeah, it looked nasty. Not he. He was like he was. In tears coming off, he was like you could tell it, and not not just because kind of of the pain. You, you were like, he, he knows yeah. he's out for Sioli? a is long he, time. Sioli is, Sa- is injured. He's played yeah. about three games, nine games in his time since he's been there. Ta- yeah, because he was Ta- injured. Why injured? Most, yeah, Sioli Sa- was injured for most of his first season. Yeah. Uh, um, James Lang injured. That's five yeah. centers. That's so Caden Murley, who started on the wing, yeah. filled in at outside centre, and he, he can play there. But it just meant from minute, whatever it was, 15 or 20, they were um, not their original setup. But with all that said, Lasica, who is, yeah. he's direct, but they used him to brilliant effect. And he he was against what would be the ideal centre combination for him to, or opposition combination for him to be against in Eastmond and... George Ford. Yeah. And he, he found a lot of traction going through that. They that would hole. be best. Do you know what? Leicester and Harlequins would do very well just to agree a swap right now. Lasica goes one way, Eastman goes the other way. Eastman fits Harlequins <laughs> so much better than does Leicester. And, and I think Leicester with Lasica would be exa- exactly what they need. But then Lasica and Manu Tuilagi? Manu. Because <laughs> Taute as well. Uh, Jacko Taute can do that direct role. He can. 
Um, I, I, I don't. Th- I think Eastman for Quinns would be a good fit. I don't think Lasica is necessarily what uh, Leicester need right now. Well, Leicester, uh, I, I thought it's against Exeter. I think they're slowly coming around to some sort of Leicester type identity, particularly in the pack. Um, I just don't know if they know what they're going to do with their backs because I, I, you know, I've been on record a lot saying this. I love Carl Eastman. Carl Eastman is a phenomenal player. But the more I'm watching him with Joe Ford, I just think maybe, uh, George, maybe, George. maybe, sorry, yeah. George. God, I've seen him with Joe Ford though. Um, uh, yeah, I was thinking maybe this just isn't the right matchup. He doesn't, he doesn't play enough. When he does play, he's so unique. You got to change everything you do because he's he, uh, he's on the field. So uh, yeah, well, I think well, it's more that, like Tauter was the the alternative for Tuolangi, and it's yeah. just it's just a, a, he's, he's not a replacement for Tuolangi. They don't have nope. a replacement for Tuolangi. There, is, there is no it. replacement for Tuolangi. Paul Lasica might be the best, other than Ben Teo, the yeah. best replacement, or Laumapi, if you can get him from the Hurricanes. Mm. But none of those boys even play 13. No. So uh, you've got to find someone who... Play. That's the thing about... Um, yeah. Uh, about Manu, everyone thinks about big 12s, but actually what you have is a massive 13 who actually can go on the edge of people as well as, as well. people. So they, yeah. they re- they're, they're all, I'm sure I could think of someone eventually, but they're, they're not they're not that frequent. Yeah, Vintasso, maybe he's, he's Van, not. Van Rensburg? He's uh, not, not a 13. Class. Better hands, better hands. <laughs> but to put it in context, before you sort of beat up on Quinns, they've got a, a team's worth of players out mm-hmm. and... Had they got the win that they really, really should have got, they should have got. They would have be finishing twenty nineteen in the top four. Would they really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It tells you a lot about the top four, I guess. Um, it tells you a lot about the league and how tight it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, they are just a middling team. I think. I think if they get everyone together, they'll be above middling. But then, if everyone gets everyone together, everyone's above middling. So you know that. Yeah. There you go. I, I think Quinn's. Sh- I'm. More confident that Quinns won't get relegated this year. Yeah. Oh um, no, I, I don't think they will. I, I, no, there, no, time, no. there were some of their performances earlier in the season, and when you combine their run from March through to mm. through to oh, pretty much now, they they were not playing well at all. I think they'll have enough, but they're still they're yeah. not playing great. But, but they, they edged through against Gloucester, and they edged through uh, from behind against Wasps. They which yeah. saw a bit of grit coming back to them and. Um, yeah. And I, I think with, with a fair wind and with everybody fit, they'll be they'll be real. They'll, I also they'll be think Toby Booth will not be challenges, very, very but they they won't be anywhere near the bottom. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Toby Booth will. I mean, I'm not again. I'm not a fan of adding coaches mid season, but I think the addition of Toby Booth is a really good one. Actually, he gives real high quality coaching support to whoever he's with, and that I, I do think that will make a substantial difference. Well, yeah. th- 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 I mean, Adam Jones is in charge of their scrum. Um, they got absolutely pumped, and not yeah. not just when when Marla went to tight head, not just then they yeah. got pumped the whole. Do yeah, they, they did. They do have an international front row. Well, the two props yeah. are Sinclair, have, Sinclair and Marla started. Yeah, yeah. they got pumped. And Elia Elia is yeah. he's not a small boy. He's a big, strong boy as well. I mean, he was. Do you who has the best scrum in the Premiership? It is Wasps. It is Wasps. Yeah, unbelievably. The best, as in the least penalties conceded, oh. the most of their own one. That's quite interesting. Mm. I'd say Sale are pretty high up there. I think Bath have got a great scrum. Bath, have, Bath scrum is looking good. I this think year. Will Stewart's a very, very good player. But it's, it's been a theme during and since the World Cup. Is the scrum is still really important yeah. because without it, Leicester, 
Well, they'd, 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 go, they'd go down hard. Yeah, they'd they go they down big. They wouldn't yeah. have been in this game no. were it not for the, the scrum penalties that they won. And, and they were dominant now, in the scrum. Scrums, as we're on to scrums, let's go real scrum heavy. <laughs> Anyone notice the refereeing by Luke Pearce on Friday night? And in particular, what he did with the scrums. So I didn't notice it at all until you tweeted about it. Yeah, so very, very early on, maybe second or third scrum, he just started interrupting everyone. And he's like, come on, speed it up, got no time for this, speed it up, speed it up. Now, this is the least helpful thing I've ever seen. This reminds me, I used to work in a, in a commercial kitchen a long, long time ago. And they'd say, like, you know, you've got to produce two starters, and they're not there. And you'd get this other guy in your ear going, come on, where are they? Can I have them now, please? And you, you can see that you're making them, and this <laughs> chat is Faster, 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 yeah, come it's, on. It's not helping. Come on, what are you it's doing? Like, stop it, stop it, <laughs> stop it. Right, that's what I felt the, the props wanted to say to Luke Pierce. Just stop it. The scrums take a, lo- a good long time to develop and you know you've got to go through your processes and you can build it from the hook and there's all these different things that they want to be doing I know some teams will, or, or, are cynical but they're not cynical on the third scrum they just want to get their <laughs> scrummaging going and I think it sounds good on TV and I think everyone likes to hear people say oh speed up the scrum but no let they've practiced all week to do this thing a very important thing let them do it let them do it now if it's ridiculous intervene but don't intervene when they're doing their stuff I don't particularly have a problem with it although the the way that you've because I didn't notice it until after you, I yeah. saw your tweet so I never was actually conscious during the game but um, I don't have a problem with speeding up the scrum just it, beca- just because it does take so but like, long. If you're, what I'd say is when you're in the scrum and you know if you watch them train. So I was watching um, sail train a, a couple of months ago. I was watching the, watching them scrimmage, and uh, I'll just pick out an example. Um, Rob Webber. Rob Webber is constantly talking to everyone. Like, yeah, um, in here, bind here. Are you coming to ball? Are you coming to ball? Are you ready to go? All talking, all the noise level is great because, you know, that's one of the things that they do. Because they're a team. Yeah, if Luke Pierce is talking <laughs> at you and you're trying to, like, make sure that your second row is comfortable and, you know, you're going through your processes and you try and listen to what he's got to say, I think he just should have let them scrimmage for a few. Well, the, the, the flip side of that is the reason you do loads of training in the week is so you don't have to check if your second row is comfortable in a match. <laughs> just get on with it. Fair. I'm with Luke Pierce. Just get on with it. <laughs> a yeah. 10 second window. Go, 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 go. Clock's on. It's interesting to see that what has been getting more and more frustrating to watch and more and more, and we've been talking about it for a long time, it's starting to bubble through the referees are aware of it and att- attempting to do something about it. Whether it's the right way to, to deal with it or not is a, is a different question. But it's interesting that it's becoming a there is a definitely topic. an element of cynicism, isn't there, with the setup? Yeah, but actually, I, li- I like watching a good setup. I, mean, I, I think <laughs> I think it's really interesting to see how these teams go about their set piece because it's important. Yeah, it, but it, I mean, it there, is. Were, there were normally at the stoop the capacity is fifteen thousand. Yeah, I was at Twickenham on Saturday. There were seventy five thousand people there bit of quick maths 60,000 people that wouldn't ordinarily go to a Harlequins game went along to watch a club match Mm -hmm. what do those 60,000 people want to see it's not oh let's have a look at this this. let's have a look at this scrum setup I know you're you're a purist JB but you have to and and I know you love it and some people do love it and I and I'm not wanting to ruin the fun completely for those people but But let's be realistic that the vast majority of people are not like you 
I mean, that's a statement that's true of whatever we're talking about, but particularly when we're talking about um, with scrummaging. What would they be doing else uh, otherwise? Because I don't want to just replicate the thing they would have otherwise been doing in order to attract them next week. Um, Yeah, fair point. I don't like the idea, though, that we have to reinvent the game in order to attract in a load of other fans. It's not not reinvent, because it used to be not like it is now. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's you watch got, the scrimmaging from the slower. 80s and it 90s. Slower. Even in a, even from two years ago, yeah. it's got slower. It's got slower through regulation, though, hasn't no, it? No, I don't. Well, well, partly yes. I mean, but they didn't used to have any crouch bind set. They used to. They literally used to go and look at a scrum from nineteen. Oh, I know from the ninety one World One. Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 t- I completely I agree. But they even, run over and they just bind up and go. Even yeah. from the even from the Premiership a couple of years back, it is it is no, love, noticeably I'd slower. I'd love to watch. This is. Jay, I'd love to watch a scrum from nineteen ninety one. Go against, I don't know. <laughs> oh, wow. Saracens. <laughs> Joe Marler at Tighthead could pump yeah. a scrum from... Yeah. Come on, boys! <laughs> Wham! Uh, uh, Leicester, Leicester, that a couple of points might paper over some cracks, but I, I think this game against Bristol, the last in this block of Premiership games, I think this is massive I think them. they're going to beat Bristol. I think they're coming... I think they're sort of starting to come, come around a bit. Do they play Bristol at home or away? Home. They play them at Welford Road next uh, on, on, on Saturday, I think. And um, but you've got to remember they're going to be losing a load of England players. They've got a couple of weeks of Europe, then they're going to be losing a bunch of England players. There's an, maybe another couple of rounds of Premiership games they've got before they lose their internationals. Mm. So the I think goes I th- all the way through Six Nations. Uh, it's not partly. There's, there's, a I think there's a couple of games during Six Nations. But I think these. I think this game against Bristol is more significant than any game they've had so far because they've got their internationals back and settled they're at home if they lose to Bristol at home I think they're, 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 they're so in trouble would Leicester as it stands right now would they be your favourites to go down no Ooh, Wasps are probably my favourites London Irish Oh no! Actually, London Irish. Yeah, I'll go with that. They, they, yeah. much like they did two years ago, started really Flattered well, and we were deceive. talking about them all. It looks like they're going to be safe, and then incorrect. They've yeah. been, been going down hard. A yeah. couple of bad losses. The problem is on the bounce. Everyone's pretty good. Like Leicester are not mm-hmm. the worst team ever to be in last place. In fact, they might be one of the best teams to be in last place. Yeah, that, that, that's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, whoever, well, whoever goes down this year could be the best team to get relegated. I mean, Newcastle were a bloody good team. I mean, they're a really good team. And they were fourth the previous season. Yeah. So that's where the league is now. It's a, it's really, really difficult. Uh, but, but London Irish's issue is when they have a few injuries, as they have, they do not have the squad Yeah, they've, they've of, other, of other teams. They've top-loaded their budget. Yeah. So their budget is spread across, I don't know, eight top-class players, and then beneath that, and you've got a guy who's taken up a good chunk of budget who's not played yet, Sean O'Brien. Who we said will never play. We he said will never pull on the London <coughs> jersey. We said last year he would be worth it if you could guarantee sixteen games but a year. What did they? Ex- I mean, this is <coughs> the sort of salary spending which I hate. Yeah. What did they expect? Yeah, you know, you're a bunch of professionals. You know the history of the player. Yeah, the game tapes available. You know the injury records are available. What did they? What, what did they, they? They think that they were buying optimism bias. Yeah. Every, everyone thinks they're going to get lucky. it's almost an example of that I think you think this is going to be the year this is going to be the year where he plays 18 out of 22 um, club games they're not helping themselves because another red card who Uh, got red carded yeah yeah for uh, I I thought it was handled correctly Um, it was 
it was slightly late, but he was committed. But it was high. It was head on head, but it was reckless with force to the head of Duncan Weir. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was a red card. Yeah. Uh, Worcester are good. I like Worcester. Worcester. I I, I think Worcester are in a false. It's a false fourth that they're in. I think they might end up 10th. Yeah, yeah. I, but I'd also argue that Ninth. not being considered for relegation is a massive step in the right direction. Yeah. They've been perennial relegation candidates. They lose players all the time. They struggle to, to get new guys in. Mm. And here they are at fourth. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to stay there forever, but you know, they're doing well. No, I, yeah, they are. I quite like Worcester. They, I think... As the season goes on, they will get sucked into the bottom positions, but, but they'll be clear. I think I think they be well should clear. be good enough to be clear. But then you just look how tight it is. Yeah, that, that, the whole league is so so tight. Apart from I, we can totally ignore Saracens, yeah. who are eighteen as it stands, eighteen points behind Leicester, and Leicester on sixth, then Wasps on eleven, and then everyone else through to third, where Gloucester are, are. Right there, one win apart. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got some uh, Premiership based decade questions for you. Yes, so, please. Uh, so, over the last ten years, ten players, sorry, seven players have been Premiership top point scorer. Ooh. Can you name them? There is. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Should we do one, one than the other? Yeah, one than the yeah. other. There is, so there's ten years. There's there's seven players. So there are players that have won it more than once. Yeah. So. Do you go first, Jay? Jay, you go first. I will go first with the astonishingly good Gareth Steenson. Got the top point scorer in the fifteen sixteen season. Only okay. once. Once. Uh, uh, well, he got he got it in the fifteen sixteen season. Yeah. <laughs> ah. oh, I won't say the seasons anymore. Yes, okay. he got it once. Okay, two hundred and fifty eight points. I'm nailing it. Um, I'm going to go for. Let's go for George Ford. Correct. Hmm. JB. Danny Cipriani. No. No. He's not always kicked, has he? No, he hasn't. No, yeah, he, he's not always kicked well, is what you mean. True. He's, he's also he, not always kicked. He's definitely not always kicked. No, because like, Gopeth would have. Gopeth kicked Damn the it. wasps, and he probably won't Sale, get it. I, I was thinking. He so did, you're, you're, yeah. on, you're on one apiece, Phil, you're... you're... Can, give me Owen Farrell. Correct. Never. Never. Correct. So I'd assume, I'd assume that England would have messed that up. Hmm. Okay. Then, but then you would have thought the same with George Ford, but he... As yeah. you said, he identified, he, he got it as well. This is a outside-the-box one. Maybe I shouldn't do it. But I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> Ryan Lamb. Incorrect. That oh. is outside the box. You are going for some niche ones. So you've got three. There's four other players left. Can you've got Farrell, Steenson, and, uh, and Ford. Ford. Can I please have Stephen Myler? Steve good, good shout. Incorrect. Oh. Okay, here we go. I'm going to get serious now. Toby, Toby Flood. Incorrect. What? Oh, that How? is a good How? one. How? Okay, give me Charlie Hodgson. Incorrect. Oh. What? AJ McGinty. Incorrect. Hmm. hmm. I'm very sus- I'm very suspect about this list now. You've actually mentioned one of the guys, but not uh, given it as an answer. Ooh. 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 Phil, your turn. Uh. I can't think who that would be. My go. Um, okay. 
Can I have Andy Good? Correct. Jimmy Gopeth. Correct. Damn it. Damn it. Yes. There's two more. Oh, here we go. They were in the early years of oh. the decade, the 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 third and fourth seasons in the decade. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm it's, my go, isn't it? It's Phil's go. It is Phil's go. Yeah. Shall I shall I tell you the clubs? No, I've no. got one. Okay, go on. Nick Evans. Correct. Oh, well yes. Done. That's a cracker. The final yes. one is the hardest one. I don't think it's four three, it. uh, four two it, as well. It's four two, so it yes. doesn't really matter. So uh, uh, I can tell you. Final one. Tell, no, tell us the club. Tell me. Um, Ollie Barkley. No. Bram van Straten. No, you won't get it. You won't get it. I'll tell you the club. London Irish. Uh, Jamie Staunton. No. Uh, Who was the fifteen that kicked? Oh, um, Maplesoft. No. No. Um, Australian 15. Tom Homer. Correct. Yeah. Well, Tom Homer. Homer. It's, it's, it's definitely Tom not Australian Homer. 15 that kicked. Get have, Tom, Homer. Tom Homer. I can get double points with Tom Homer, surely. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom, Tom Homer got it in the 11-12 season, and he is the highest point scoring player in any given season in the whole decade. Wow. Yeah. 200, uh, there was Jimmy Gopeth got the first two years, 0-9-10 and 10-11. Uh, Nick Evans... George Ford, Andy Goode for Wasps, Gareth Steenson, Jimmy Gopeth again. He got three years out of ten. Uh, Andy Farrell and George Ford for a second time. He's good business, uh, Jimmy Gopeth. Jimmy Gopeth, yeah. yeah. He's um, he's still looking good as well. That that yeah. half break uh, that set up the final try. The, oh, the, the, was the, that moment of the weekend? Is Amcar's try on Friday night? Probably. Well, wow. probably to win it. Yeah, this is a really interesting game. Yeah. Really interesting game. So, uh, well, okay, where do we start with this? Well, I mean, if you, if we... If we the, when I was thinking about it coming into it, and I was on the train down to Bristol, and by the way, the... the uh, have you noticed train conductors or train managers, whatever they're called, starting to become kind of part-time comedians? Or <laughs> I, I, I've noticed it on a no, couple. No, not for trains, but I, I recognise it in airports all yeah. the time. So anyone who's got a public service announcement role they all want to be a viral sensation on yep, youtube yep. like the southwest oh, um, airlines guy airlines yeah, guy the rap the rap there, there was one guy in Manchester airport I, I just think he needs shooting i think they should just <laughs> drag him out and shoot him uh, and he's he's got this horrible spiel about anything that makes you smell nice anything that's just it just goes on and on and on and he's just hoping that someone's going to recognize this you know his god-given talent well but they won't when I was when I was going to Bristol on the train, there was uh, it did get a, a, a spontaneous round of applause from the entire train. Oh, the train manager just started on on the tannoy. Just just said, uh, and now the time has come oh, no. for you to collect your belongings. And oh, he went on like no. this in the whole thing. Mind the gap, blah blah blah. And oh, then at the no. end of it, he went, "It's Bristol Parkway." Oh. <laughs> I am, is it wrong that I want him fired? I am <laughs> cringing. I, every part of my body is curling up. I hate oh. it. <laughs> it's horrible. Bristol Park is a terrible station too. It was a cross-country train as well. We're going to name and shame. Yeah. <laughs> Parkway is a rubbish station. Temple Mead is nice. I don't mind Temple Mead. Yeah. yeah. But Parkway, no time for that. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the game. Back to the game. So yeah, before the, as, when I was on the train going down there, before I got ru- you know rudely, before I was sick in my mouth, um, <laughs> I was thinking the trajectories of the two clubs through this decade. Wasps, 
you know, we're, we're in the ascendancy, finished top of the league a couple of times, had all yeah. these box office names. Final a few years ago. You know, they had, you know, really LaRue was coming, Kirtley Beal, Christian Wade was there, Elliot yeah. Daly Pietau. was there, Piatau. They had all these huge names. They were at the top and their trajectory has been downward and Bristol's is the inverse. Well, even with some of their players, Piatau. Yeah. yeah. Hughes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You're not far wrong there. Uh, interesting game, though. Mm. Interesting game. Very interesting game. Uh, Jacob Umunga, I mean, I don't think he's ready for Premiership Rugby yet, but not a bad fist at all. <laughs> so when, when he missed those two early kicks as well, yeah, you, you think, hang on a minute. But the step to, to get his try and the lift oh, to yeah. that little flick pass to Fekitoa to set up the Minotzi try was class. Yeah. Yeah. There's no two right. he's a very, very good player. And do you know what confused me about the whole game? If Jimmy Gopeth is fit, why not start him with Jimmy Gopeth? Just to give him a little bit of an out. Or maybe that's exactly what you don't do. Because you need to give him the responsibility from the off and say, right, it's your show, go run it. Maybe Gopeth undermines that. Yeah. I don't know what the thinking is, but I'd like to know. Um, So, yeah, massive success for him. I mean, he's just gone out and led Wasps to an away win, which is fantastic and that try from Nizam Carr I mean a lot of people have said and rightly so Piatal that was a really that's not Piatal-esque defence we saw his Piatal-esque defence at the end of the first half with that amazing flying hit but he he missed the tackle on Carr but I think that also doesn't give enough credit for Nizam Carr's dummy to do him because he that was awesome and his balance as well yeah so I think that try might have papered over the cracks a little bit for Nazim Kaur. This I don't know what the stats say. The stats probably all bear out to be completely wrong. I thought he looked like a man running against a brick wall all night long, and he stuck to it. And at the end, you know, he got his uh, his just rewards. But I don't think, other than that break, he had a particularly great game. I quite I thought he was fairly useful. Um, he carried, he's got the endeavour. He's got the work rate, and I guess that's he's what, a great player when when you can make it a bit looser. And, yes, and with him yeah. and Thomas Young. Yeah. That, that's the game they want to play. He's certainly not the biggest number eight that's ever going to play in the Premiership. No. And then you look across yeah, and you look across the way you've got Nathan Hughes there, who he's meant to replace. Well he's definitely no replacement with Nathan Hughes, but Nathan Hughes. Not did, like did, for like. Yeah, it's not like for game like. either. Yeah, Nathan, Nathan Hughes was kept quiet. Well I think Wasp's defence was the biggest biggest change for, mm. in their team. That it looked really hungry and aggressive. And when you look at Bristol now, that's three games. They got that draw against London Irish. When they were when London Irish had fourteen men, they lost last week and they've lost again. Yeah, well, we have um, two complete teams in the league, and everyone else is basically the same. Yeah, anyone else can beat anyone else yep. on a given day. Because they they, they were the team that beat Exeter at Sandy Park a few weeks back. Was it at Sandy Park? Or was it? It was at Sandy Park, wasn't it? You think it? Yeah, it yeah. Might, it might be. Was it or was it? I don't know. No, but Bristol, Bristol got that win at Sandy, Sandy Park. Park. Didn't they? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Bristol it was. definitely won, and that's yeah. Another, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I might have that wrong. Um, but you you mentioned Wasps' defence that was hungry and aggressive. The Bristol defence, I mean, for the those two tries in quick yeah. succession, was it was non-existent. Yeah, it was n- not at the standard. And it, they stopped those two tries in quick succession uh, uh, midway through the second half. Bristol win this comfortably. Mm. As it turns out, Wasps get a bonus point, a five-point win, which will be vital. They won't pick many of them up on the road this year. No, and my problem with this win, well, okay, so 
I'm just going to talk broadly about Wasps, and then I'll get on to the problem with the win. Uh, first of all, uh, you know they do look like a team which are shorn of a lot of a lot of talent. Uh, we were talking before the podcast. What? How many players left from, from last year? Well, if you take if you think about what's been taken out of their squad, um, Christian Wade, yep, Elliot Daly, um, Nathan Hughes, Nathan Hughes, Villy Larue. <coughs> yeah, and you, could, I guess, you could say Jake Cooper, Woolley as well, but really those. And those, Simpson, uh, although they got the caught the other way, yeah. they haven't actually used him. But there's four international, yeah, top not top notch, yeah, players. I would guess are well under the cap. I, I, that would just yeah. just be a guess. Now I think they they do do some smart things. I think the smart thing that they do, they seem to very much value pace. It doesn't really matter where in the where in the squad they've got pace everywhere from Thomas Youngs and Nizam Carr, you know, all the way through to Paolo Adogwe that uh, signed Kibberigi yeah. not to be so I think that's a that, good sign in. Yeah. I mean, not see Robson is pacey for a scrum half. Exactly. I think that's that I think that's their I mean I'd love to, I'd love to know the answer. But I think that is their key thing which which are going for here because if you're gonna pick pick one skill, may as well be fast. Yeah. So yeah they they build the team in the interesting way. What I really worry about is was so much emotional energy uh, invested into winning this game that this is the highlight of their season. Because really, Wasps teams of old would have been saying, well, that's just a win away because we're looking for top four or whatnot. But the fact that they're celebrating this, you know, I put a little bit tweet out, a little bit t- tongue-in-cheek, you know, did they win the European Cup? Because the way that they was, I mean, I think Nizan Kor put on his um, Twitter, it's one of the best wins of his career. I mean, it's a Friday night win against Bristol, Bristol. really. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's, it's the sort it's, of thing you dream about doing as a kid, you know, like a last minute a f- scorching try, yeah. beating three players, dummying. Yeah, but in the World Cup final, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. Uh, not Bristol on you know just a Premiership weekend. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, I, I scored a last minute try against Liverpool twos for Lancaster University, aged eighteen. Wow, and that felt pretty good. So I can imagine that even in this game, it feels pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. But yeah. you're right. Actually, more important than the win is, will be their reaction to it next week. Yeah. And if they have focused too much and put too much energy into that win and celebrating that win, and they don't back it up next week with a good performance, it's wasted. I mean, they're going to have to... In a way, they've had the hand forced, haven't they? So they will have to start Jacob Umenga again. And I say forced. Uh, that is no way a slight on him. I just think young fly need time and saying, OK, you've won one game. I don't think that automatically means that they put him in again, but I think 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 that they will do because you know they haven't won they haven't won much. Yeah, oh, let's let's not forget. I think it was was it seven games, six or seven games defeats in a row in all competitions. Yeah. What has happened Before to Sapuanga? Where is he? 
Uh, he, he illness. So on his Instagram, there's a picture of him and his kids on a plane. Now I don't know, and I'm sure there was a New Zealand flag on the picture. Now I don't know if he was leaving New Zealand to come back to the UK, or leaving the UK to go to New Zealand. I think it was one of his uh, stories. So I'm not sure if that's still there, but it would make sense. Was there any talk of it there on Friday night, Tim? Um, Him. I don't know if it's illness or injury. I don't know. Well, he's on he's on Twitter. He's on Twitter and he's saying things like, great win. And I don't know how much he's getting paid, but I reckon it's a substantial amount of their playing budget. And if they've lost all his players, the last thing they can do is lose their best, well, one of their best paid players. If not their best paid player. Yeah. So I would quite like to know where he is and why he's not playing. <laughs> like, well, even if he's running on... Do something, run on water. You, well, you're not allowed weekends off. <laughs> well, at least one of the big names was on the field and did really show up, Mal- Malachi Fekatoa. We actually saw what Wasp was signed there because he, he didn't look good for too long last year. and He did not. He, he hasn't. We haven't really seen a lot of him this year, so that, that was that was a positive. Yeah, yeah. there's lots of, lots of good things for Wasp to take. I mean, if they can use this and build, uh, and build on it to scratch out some more results, they're not going to have an easy... Game next week, I think they're at Gloucester, is it, next, next week? They don't have a forwards coach at the minute. Of course they don't. Um, who, why, who's, who's, who's disappeared? Um, uh, Northampton, they play next week. Uh, yeah. Ah, yes. So is Dai Young doing the DOR and the forwards coach role? I'm guessing so. Andy Titrell, actually. Is he a forwards coach? Andy, Andy Titrell. Oh, so he might I'm, be forwards coach. Andy Titrell, well, he definitely was there about seven years ago. I'm not saying he's not there. Oh, he is there. Oh, he is, okay. Yeah. So, oh, well, I, I wonder if that's you know there, there was there was rumours about them bringing in Sean Edwards, um, and that didn't come to fruition. So, Titrell, anyway. this is an interesting little fact for you. Titrell coaches the line out in the air. Dai Young coaches the line out on the ground. Mm. Work that out. There you go. Anyway, so <laughs> some, some green shoots for Wasp maybe, and Bristol are on a little mini slide. Yeah, they are. It's not. All quite looking as rosy for Bristol. No, and I think but, much like London Irish and a bit like Wasps, actually, you take out the frontline players, the squad doesn't look great. If Pietau and Hughes aren't fit and firing, that does look like a bit of a gap. Well, to be fair, he Lamb himself has told us that they're all worthless. <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect? We should have listened to him. Yeah, listen to the man. He knows he knows his squad. <laughs> with with Bristol in this game, I think. Pat Lamb will look back and JB in the same way that you described the Saracens looking back at their performance thinking a little tweak here a little tweak there a few little tweaks and this is a much much yeah. better performance and and a fairly comfortable win for Bristol now, talking about fly halves that don't uh, don't play and are paid a lot of money will we ever see Ian Madigan again in Europe maybe a bit more but no. we've seen him it doesn't seem that way no. He's not. He's not injured. He's registered as a player. He's playing in the A League. So presumably they're paying him. They are definitely paying him. I mean, there's no two ways about that. There's mm. definitely money going out the door there. Um, I just wonder what the game plan is. Are they trying to get him out somewhere? Are they trying to I'd... engineer him to get to France? Yeah, well, when does he, has he got a contract this year that finishes this year? I think so. Because if it does, it's quite an easy. I think they want. I think they'd like him out the door. Tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> that's, what, that's my indication. <laughs> the sooner the better. And then let's go. I mean, I wonder how much of that money is actually uh, Rodrigo money. It will be next season. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if that's what they've done. Like hit him out, Rodrigo in. I know who I'd prefer to have. Who would you rather, <laughs> Rodrigo? Uh, if mm. I if I've got, <laughs> hmm, gee, let me think. If I've got Sheedy and Lloyd who are playing yeah. 
uh, certainly they're playing as well as you could hope for Madigan to play. Yep. Then give me Red Rada. I wonder how how little they're paying them compared to uh, I to Madigan. Oh. Madigan 400k something like that. I, yeah, it'd be that kind of money. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there and say that I think the most the position that is being filled least effectively in the Premiership, or the one that's the one that seems to be like the biggest amount of gold dust, is twelve. Twelve is a very smart position to fill too. So twelve, twelve is an interesting one because twelve has perennially been England's problem position. Yeah, they can't solve it. They brought in Teo to mm. try and solve it. They've moved moved Mano across to try and solve it. They moved Farrell across to try and solve it. None of them have ever really been a perfect solution. Twelve has also been, I think, the linchpin of Leicester Tigers' success in in the past. No matter which way you look at it, they've always had a really good twelve, and that has di- that has disappeared. They they're certainly struggling for consistency. And it seems to be moment. a hard position to f- to find good good well, ones. Who who's the best twelve in the Premiership? I think Mark Atkinson's up there. Atkinson is playing well. Brad Barrett Brad for Barrett, longevity. Brad Barrett, Brad Barrett. Brad Barrett would probably be. Um, I would say they're all um, devote. Oh no, Van Rensburg. <laughs> Van... He's he's dynamite. If he is now back to his Lions form, uh, he's not. He's not far off it. If, then he's getting there. The form that saw him uh, play for South Africa, then yes, he could be. Point is, we could rattle off ten outside centres like that. Yeah. And it's, it's we could rattle off ten good fly halves. We can't rattle off ten really top-notch twelves. Wasps, Gopeth for the last few years has been their mm. best twelve. So, Leicester so. Tigers, I always thought was smart, because if you look back at it, you had Pat Howard, you had Rod Kafer, you had... Uh, Anthony um, Allen. Anthony Allen. Yeah. Should have played for Dan Hipkiss. Dan Hipkiss. Rinley. Who did the ball players that they brought in? Aaron, Aaron Major? Um, yeah, I mean they always had a ball, like a ball playing twelve. I yeah. thought that was really, really smart because you get a second distributor for a fraction of the price of a big name fly, fly off. So that's what I would be looking for. That's why I think Mark Atkinson works so well because he is a fly off who moved over to centre and he's really, really, re- really, really effective. Yeah, so he, he's would, been playing really, really well. He's key to Gloucester. So if I was looking now for a twelve, do you know who I'd be look? I'd be tempted to look at uh, someone like Harry Malander. Maland is an interesting one. As he's coming back to fitness too. Yeah, so he played for the, in the A-League a couple of weeks ago. He did. Now, Maland is very interesting because, and I've said this before on the pod, Chris Boyd knows his onions about back play. He knows his onions he about utilising rangy, uh, highly skilled yes, outside does. backs. Speaking of which, just, sorry to interrupt you, we've got to talk about Jordy Barrett in a minute. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The perfect example, Jordy Barrett and Harry Malinder are like 1A, 1B. Their skill set, their physic, physical attributes and skill set are nearly identical. Um, I loved, I'd love to see what Boyd does with with um, Harry Malinder because he is he's so, talented, he's tall, he's rapid. It'll be fullback. I think oh, he'll be 12, though. I don't I've know. I think he's bloody brilliant. I don't know. I'm re- really not sure. When he but plays he, 12, right? In fact, when he plays full stop... The limited uh, games that we've seen him play, he always looks like he is older than everyone else. He always looks like he's just better than everyone else. Like he kicks longer, he makes be- uh, uh, better passes. Somehow he's ridiculously fast for yeah. a big man. I mean, like he really is pretty pacey. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd have him at twelve. 
It'll be interesting to see. That's mm. all I say. I, I would trust Chris Boyd wherever he decides long term to get it right. But yeah, I'm just right. not quite sure. Um, but did you see Jordy Barrett got? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you see what happened to him at the weekend? He got he got kicked out of the cricket. I know. For, yeah. For for sculling a beer because the crowd was shouting at him. So the, the down it down it what? down Wait, it. Is that- he, he drank half a beer and got kicked out. The way it's being reported, so I've only read it in New Zealand stuff. It was in Australia. That's what they're so saying. At, at Melbourne Cricket Ground. Yeah, get him out. The MCG, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the New Zealand press are reporting it like a tragedy against one of yeah. their citizens. He was completely <laughs> sober and only downed his drink. They half a bit. Yeah. He had a couple of slugs of half he a bit. One large sip of are, beer. Are they reporting it like when, you know, Iran arrests one of our journalists? That kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So he was asked to leave for for the day. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and banned for a know, 24-hour period, something like that. Yeah. Everyone talks about Australia. Oh, it's a standard living. It's this, that and the other. Really, they're just really into their rules and, you know... <laughs> There's nothing wrong with rules, yeah, JB. It's miserable, anal-type <laughs> t- types of people. Canada's the worst for that. Yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet. So, no, oh well. I hope, yeah. I, I hope they're proud. proud yeah, right, themselves. here you go. Um, <laughs> the decade of Ooh, yeah. premiership top try scorers. Now, because some people tied and some people have won... In more than one year, there are ten different players. Sorry, what was the category? Again? Top Pre- try Premiership scorer. top try scorer in a season. Easy across the decade. No problem. Oh, so so ten, ten, yeah, ten players. There's ten players that have won it across the decade. Uh, some tied, some more than once. Phil, okay. you go first. Christian Wade. Correct. He has picked up twice. And I'm guessing no, three times. Sorry, three times he's won top try scorer. I'm guessing most of those tries came against Worcester. <laughs> Six in one game. Yeah, he, love, he loves Worcester. Um, Christy Wade is correct. Well, I'll go to what I know. Actually, no, I'll go somewhere else first. Uh, Tom Vondel. Correct. Yes. He won it in 2014. Rocco Daguni. Incorrect. Oh, shame. Shame. He has not been a top try scorer. No. That's terrible. Um, hmm. I'm thinking Johnny May. Incorrect as well. Uh, Johnny May Johnny has not May. been a top try scorer in the Premiership in this decade. I can't. I don't know. Oh, it's Phil's turn. Okay, I'll go for one that I do know. <laughs> Thomas Waldrum. Correct. Great shot. Two it? years in a row. Great shot. Two years. All right, I'll go for one that I definitely know. Rob Miller. Rob Miller is correct. Wow. That was the, the lowest top try scorer <laughs> in a season. It was ten. And that was Rob Miller. <laughs> uh, by the way, he's got a great, uh, great highlights video mm. of all of his tries in that year for Sale Shocks. All 10. Yep. Great fallback. Uh, was it, I thought it was 16 tries he got that year. 10. Is 10 in it? the league. 10 in the league. Oh, okay. Hmm. Here's um. Hmm. It's two apiece. It's Phil's turn. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Wade, Waldrum, Vandell, and Miller. Hmm. Come on, Phil. It's like you're setting up a scrum. <laughs> last season, come on. Do you not Go remember just last, shout at me. Do you not remember last, <laughs> yeah. do you not, do you not remember quicker, last season? Quicker, quicker, think quicker. <laughs> last season? Who the hell was last season? I don't know. I have no idea who last season is. Um, oh. Give me... Give me... Ollie Woodburn. Incorrect. Ah, oh, that's uh. a good guess up. Uh, Denny. Denny Solomona last year was, was, t- was, was joint with someone else. Yeah. 
Then he joined. Then he was joined. Uh, it wasn't Byron, was it? No. Hmm. Can't all be sale players. Um, uh, I think there's another. Um, hmm. It's three two to JB at the moment. Phil, it's your guess. God. There come are, on, Phil. Come on, Phil. Phil, come on. There are five really names helping. still you haven't named. Um, give me Sir Charles. No. No, he's not okay. on it. Chris Ashton. Correct. Yes, yeah, so they're all oh. sale players. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. <laughs> so it's 4-2 uh, to JB. Um, Mark Quato. Incorrect. I don't, I don't know, this is going to be two. Ben Cohen. Incorrect. Oh, oh. Too, surely it's yeah, too, too late. Early. Sale player. So there was, <laughs> there is, I'll tell you the clubs. With four two, there is uh, a player who was at Leicester early in the decade. Okay. Okay. There is a player who was at Leicester in the middle of the decade. Okay. There's a player who was at Worcester. There's a player who was at Newcastle a couple of years ago. There's a player, um, and there's a player who was at Northampton last year. Okay. 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 So, Northampton. Phil's so Nairo Incorrect. What are you thinking? Are you insane? <laughs> Have you lost your mind? <laughs> um, okay. Tualangi, Alisana. Alisana Tualangi, correct. 5-2. Uh, it's an absolute beatdown. So there is Northampton last year, Newcastle and Worcester the year before, and in the middle of the decade there was a Leicester player. Tom Collins. Incorrect. <laughs> um, Cyril Rombini. Incorrect. Oh. Um, that was Hutch- Hutchinson. Incorrect. One of the players that was, was, was that was Leicester in the middle of oh the decade was also Newcastle towards the end of okay. the decade. Nicky Gonover. Correct. Damn it. Cobus uh, <laughs> Reinach. Correct. Yeah. Well done, Phil. Cobus <laughs> Reinach last year top try scorer. Half a dozen. Solomon. And the other name you haven't got yet. I said Worcester. Okay, a couple of years ago. Hold your horses, Chris Pennell. Incorrect. Oh, what? Um, Bryce Heem. Incorrect. <laughs> he was also top try scorer Adams. at the World Josh Cup. Adams. Oh, Josh Adams. Oh my God! It's painful. Call yourself <laughs> rugby <laughs> fans. Goodness brains. Me. We were so good at the um, the top point scorers. You were terrible. very good. Terrible at the try scorers. So the, the top try scorers were Chris Ashton, Alessandro Tuolangi, Rob Miller, Tom Vandell, and Christian Wade. Tied. Nicky Gonover, Thomas Waldrum two years in a row at Exeter. I uh, assume uh, Christian Wade, then Wade tied with Gonover and Adams, then Reinach and Solomon last year. There you go. Embarrassing. So right. three of those, was it four of those? Sell shocks, players. Shows best team of ball around. <laughs> and an, uh, another quick question: Do you remember the reason Andy Powell took a golf buggy at the very start of the decade? He, I do. Go on. Do you want to do it? Well, I know that he was very, very drunk. He he we went to get snacks from a service station. Yeah. Snacks and cigarettes, I think. Cigarettes, apparently. So the story goes. <laughs> In the middle of the Six Nations, of course. After a famous victory that we don't talk about. No, no, no. Um, Other games this week? Well, I mean, it leads on. We, we've mentioned, just mentioned uh, Kobus Reinach. Yeah. Top try scorer last year. Got him, bagged himself a couple of meat pies in a really entertaining game against Gloucester. Yeah, God. BT, the four games that they picked this week have been brilliant. For a, a combination of reasons, some for the spectator and some, some for the kind of the neutral and some for the whole yeah. spectacle. This this was another very entertaining game that was 
uh, well, it, it was close than Northampton would have liked in the end. Um, but good performance by both teams. Hell of a performance again by the young man, Louis, uh, Louis Rees-Zammet. Yeah, uh, I just don't. I don't get it. And a I hell don't of a get how anyone can be that good that that young at eighteen. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think. Was I this impressed by? Uh, yeah, I was probably this impressed by. Um, what what's his name? Mar- uh, Marcus Smith. I mean, that's the sort of level of talent. I'm kind of just waiting for him to drop off now. He's going to have to make some mistakes soon. I, he can't I'm just keep sure. doing this, can he? No. Well, so how does he compare to so George North, who was absolutely dynamite as a teenager on the in, on a bigger stage than this? Yeah, he was. He was phenomenal. But how does he compare? I mean, I know we've got a lot less game tape of Louis Rees Summit at this stage. Um, yeah, I don't know. He, he's certainly, he looks quicker. I mean, he looks absolute lightning. He is lightning. Uh, he's I, definitely lightning. I don't think they want to put any more timber on him just yet. You know, I don't think they want to co- com- compromise compromise his pace. I, d- I don't. I don't know his answer. I, d- I don't know. He just seems to be in the right place at the right time, which I guess is his job. Yeah, and that's a skill in itself to, yeah. to read mm. the game. And then he has got he's got pace to back him up. So even if he's a yard behind where he needs to be, he can close. What that is he six three or something? It's six three. He's listed at uh, just shy of ninety kg. Which is which is small, which is light for six three, but he's got the frame to quite easily be able to put the put mm. the muscle on without getting too big. If that makes sense, yeah. he's got the frame to carry it. You know, if I was a young Welsh kid now and I had any talent whatsoever, the last place I'd want to be is Wales. I mean, it's, it's, well, genuinely, the last place I'd want to be is Ospreys or the Dragons or somewhere. Osprey's got beat 44-0 against Scarlets. Yeah, I mean, maybe, actually, maybe may maybe be at Scarlets. They obviously have their, you know, their act together. Um, but, like, just go across the bridge and go and play at Bath or go play at Gloucester or somewhere. You know, you get better coaching. If you get the chance to, pl- uh, to play in the league, there's far more competitive games of a better standard. You know, that's what you should be doing. I, I can't disagree yeah. with much of that. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see, do Wales pick him in the Six Nations squad? Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think Gatlin probably would have. I just don't know what the new coach is going to do. Don't know if Pivik is that into him. We'll see uh, about that. Pivik presumably is into talent, and he, he did nurture at Scarlets. He nurtured a very nice bunch of talent and way of playing. Yep. So I I would suspect he will get called if up. If I was in the squad, you know, I would dang, I would dangle the rose right in front of him, even though he put his little Welsh flag up. You know, let's see how brave he is when you give him a kit bag. 25, 25 and 25, 25 grand a game. Exactly. Yeah. Here is a graph of your England earnings. Here is a graph of your Wales <laughs> earnings. Oh, and by the way, would you like that market rate con- uh, market rate contract? No, thank you. Yeah. So I, I would be I'd be really enticing him, though. Uh, Wales will be doing the same thing. Wales will be trying to get him in there this year. And to, to go back, I, I've got mm. nothing against Johnny McNichol or Willis Halaholo as yep. individuals, and I would do exactly what they are, are attempting to do by becoming Welsh internationals. But Wales, you don't need 29, 30-year-old New Zealanders. Nope. Get in this kid. Yeah. Yeah, and England, same, um, exactly the same message. Go get this kid into an England show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pay him the money. <laughs> Pay him whatever he wants. <laughs> He's, he's actually more valuable to you because you, it's not you just get a great player you take one away from someone else yeah perfect. yeah perfect no this this was a good game and this was I was quite I thought Northampton's pack they were put under pressure 
at times by Gloucester, but overall they stood up quite well to the pressure yeah. and gave gave themselves a good enough platform and gave Conor Cobus Reiner a good enough platform to win the game. So, and good bounce back as well because they could easily yeah. have folded. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They got beat by Sale. They got smashed by um, Leinster two two weeks on the bounce. Yeah. The easy thing here would be to say, yeah, actually, false uh, false storm. We're not that good. They are pretty good. They are good enough, and it, it's more they've got. So we know the way that they play with, mm. with ball in hand. When they get the ball out wide, they've got some seriously dangerous, talented backs. The bit that's always concerned me is the pack, and. Without being sensational, they were proficient enough against what is a very good Gloucester pack. They could really do with a couple of extra props. I know they've got loads of props, but I think they, they they've need got a scrum more. issue. Yeah, yeah. they need they more, yeah. or they need coaching of some description. Do you know? Do you know who's very good at co- coaching a scrum? You, Dorian West. <laughs> Lionouts, not so much. Scrums, <laughs> pretty good. Does Titrell coach uh, scrums on the ground or scrums in the air? Is he scrums uh, in the air? Scrums in the air, so he'd yeah. be perfect for Northampton. <laughs> uh, yeah, so good win. Very good win. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. important Did you do win. this game, Tim? No. No, 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 no. I, no didn't, I didn't see this game. I was on the train over to London at the time. Well, I was getting ready for the game at Twickenham at the time. Brilliant occasion, by the way, they did put on at Twickenham. It's great. Uh, yeah, and it, big, it was big, biggest club game in Europe. 70-odd thousand? Yeah, so 17,000 people were. 75. 75? 75. It's cracking. What's the the record they've got there? I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But all I know is it was was not one of those where there's certain grounds in the Premiership where you hear the attendance and then you go, (laughs) really? (laughs) It was uh, very, very easy to get away from that ground, given that was the the, the alleged attendance. This one was, I was stood in a massive queue getting back to... Twickenham train station. It took me ages to get on a train back to London. So, so oh, in, it's a in, pain leaving Twickenham. Interesting on sale shocks. Their attendance have gone up by eight percent this year. Their official attendance. No, no, their actual attendance. <laughs> their actual attendance, <laughs> which mm-hmm. in the league has gone down. What does that tell you? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so sailors uh, and sailor now up the charts. Are one of the highest attended clubs well, are they? They have definitely got the largest increase. <laughs> <laughs> they're not the largest increase so think of that what you will boys lies damn lies and something else and something else indeed um, uh, we, we, we well, haven't mentioned the sale uh, the Bath's good win at home against sale they've got to do something about their pitch that Just pitch is an absolute employ joke employ Northampton's groundsman yeah please yeah employ a groundsman <laughs> yeah, yeah. anyone uh, I feel so, sorry for the groundsman uh, I said what, I said yeah, it's, that's probably true actually I'm sure the groundsman work Bloody, Bloody hard. Next to a well, river. They always say that that ground's a nightmare because in the summer people go camping on it, and you know, I mean, they're not camping on it now. You just simply couldn't. Uh, but like, they play cricket. <laughs> they on take there. out the temporary stand, and you play lacrosse and all sorts yeah. of yeah. yeah. So it, you know, it, it is a, it is a hard job. Yeah, and being twenty yards away from a pretty major river. Mm. That can't help with the so, the drainage. Ashton Gate looked incredible as well. I've got to say the, the pitch yeah. was unreal, to the, and it looked so good that actually, and the, we have brilliant. I've got brilliant colleagues at, at BT Sport that even the attention to detail of the people that work on the BT Sport rugby coverage was even to the point where the the floor manager, who is the guy that kind of um, oils all the wheels and makes sure the Kiwi guy. He's one of them, yeah. He's the main guy. He's very, very good. He's he's, a, he's awesome. He's I, awesome. I, I, I've seen him work, and he's ferocious. Brando, he's yeah. He's there. He makes sure the the man of the match trophies are there. He makes sure the 
players come out when they need to make sure I'm where I need to be and the cameramen. He, he just oil, I've seen him make sure all people the wheels. are in the right position, should I say. And yeah. I'm not BT, not BT people either because they're always in always in in, in, uh, in the right position yeah so it's a it's a very he, impressive operation. he oils all the way and he he said to me and this is how good the pitch looks he said tim when you're walking that way walk on that strip when you're walking back towards the tunnel walk on that strip because then you won't scuff up the grass because it, it was that it was that <laughs> wow. nice it was that Been nice combed yeah in the right direction combed in the right direction anyway i uh, i digress um the the wrecks are difficult but bath got another win yeah, yeah. i look i think Unfortunately, some people will look at this and they'll say, um, terrible, terrible decision right at the end. It's because Sale fought the way back into this. They got ahead. It's a weak penalty. And I think we've seen a few of these. Uh, for instance, didn't, uh, I mean, Bristol nearly lost to a weak penalty, um, frankly. No, Wasps nearly lost to a oh, weak sorry, penalty. Sorry, Wasps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so yeah d- Die Young would have been absolutely fuming. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, it does feel a little bit like the home teams get the advantage, but they should do. They're the home teams. Uh, and on top of that, you know, if you want to win it, get more than one point ahead. That's what I would. That that'd be yeah. my advice. Yeah. Um, I just think Sale have got more work to do. Really, uh, I didn't see the whole game, so I don't know how the lineup went. That is their biggest, um, their biggest takeaway. But I just, you know, they're not uh, yet. Bath, so Bath could... lauded the lineup. They absolutely battered them at lineup. Did they? Yeah. That's difficult. Then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Difficult. Um, they need to. Uh, they need to be a more co- more cohesive unit. There's still a lot of new players there, and they need to, you know, become a better team. That's basically well, all there is. They to need it. Lou Diego fit. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's not even in the country yet. No, no, no. But <laughs> yeah. w- when he's fit, and when this team do click, I still think that they're top. I've still got them in my top four. Yeah, I mean, when I tell you what, the other one as well, Mark Wilson. Um, when he comes in, muscle tone of a chimp. Muscle, yeah. Trademark, exactly. <laughs> you can imagine Nick Mullins saying that. Can't you? Like, Please, Nick, say that. Please, Nick, say that. Muscle tone of a chimp. Mark Wilson, muscle tone of a chimp. He's a frightening man. <laughs> I think when they, we've got him in, he feels to me like a real leader. John mm. Ross, a real leader. Then you have got the Currys. You've got so many big characters there. It's just a match of time until it all clicks. Uh, and also, the scrum's very, very good. Mm. So you know, there's those but, things. But Bath again. Are, are, is this a is this a resurgence? <clears throat> Interestingly, how? No, you weren't at the rec, were you? Sorry, you've already told me where you were. I don't know why I'm no, asking right. you this again. I don't know what was said, but Stuart Hooper got on the microphone straight after the game. Was it a Delia Smith type moment? <laughs> <laughs> I'm led to believe it might have been. So yeah, he got on the microphone and addressed the Bath fans, from what I understand. Wow! Probably thank you for probably end of a calendar year, Christmas, and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for turning up. So yeah, it's a, it's a good good win for Bath. That it, it is a good win for Bath. There was a, a good team. there was quite a bit of Christmas chat over the weekend, which was really good. So Paul Gustard, in one of his answers to me, said uh, he was furious. By the way, yeah, he was. Uh, but before the game, he said uh, Christmas is a time for giving. We're not in a giving mood. We want to take today, Ooh. which I thought was really good. <laughs> I love that. I love that <laughs> bit of sass. I love that. I really. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. <laughs> you can't get away with that, right? If you're Paul Gustard, if you talk about culture in this that, and the other, and like, it's just so. Because he's thought about it, it's not off off, like off the cuff. It's just a little bit scripted. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked Ooh. it. And just as I, I also liked. I asked Pat Lamb just the first question on the pitch, and uh, and and he just went, "Well, first of all, happy Christmas, everyone." <laughs> and then, <laughs> with his answer, which I thought was lovely as well. That's a very Steve Hansen thing to do. Yeah. So Steve Hansen in a lot of his interviews or um, press conferences, he get gets asked asked a question. Totally ignores the question, just says, uh, it was so-and-so's 50th cap today, so 
Great oh. to see that. And he did it in Japan as well. Every time it was like... Do you know where I, that's I, good from? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to answer that question. I just want to say a massive thank you to all the Japanese people out there who've helped make this tournament such a special Tony day. Blair started this. What, just yeah, this, ignore? Yeah. So what he used to do, and it's carried on ever since, is he used to open up Prime Minister's questions, not with an answer, but with something like a, um, a, you know, a tribute to a, a, yeah. fallen, a fallen troop. Okay. And the theory was behind it that he'd all... Um, uh, he would always open up with something more serious, so anything which was asked had less gravitas than the thing that he'd just spoken about. Yeah, and it, it does it. It totally changes the mood of the press conference yeah, as well because you're doing All something nice to someone else, exactly. Uh, and then you can then you you, can you, s- you start off as a good guy. Yeah, yeah, I quite like it. I might start doing it more often. Oh, well, the Premiership Rugby. Just name whatever you know cause celeb it is for that week. Like you know. Uh, this week, I just want to, before we go into the serious business of rugby, I just want to say how important the mental health cam- campaign is and how, yeah. you know, and just whatever the cause is for, the, for that week, go into that and then start asking you really hard questions about why your lineup's terrible. <laughs> Good win for Bath then. Yeah. And that's two now. Yeah. Two. When, um... It's almost like anyone can beat anyone. It is almost like there is only, well, one point between third and eighth, as it stands. Wow! Mm. But but do you know what? What one Bath back row we have never ever seen. Falatau was back this week. Yeah, we've never seen Underhill low Falatau. They have Underhill. never played in the same team together. Is that right? Yeah. Which it could happen soon. That how is Hill? He's injured, right? Underhill. Sorry. Yeah, Wonderhill is currently out. Oh, I'm just, uh, we're going to see that. We're going to see Once. that back row at some point. Yeah, but Underhill and Falatau are so injury prone. Mm. They'll play one game together and it'll be magnificent. And that back row with Zach Mercer coming off the oh. bench when legs are tired. Wow. That could be the best back row in the league. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I'm just looking at my fantasy rugby draft scores. 111.7 to me. You've won two different games by the tiniest of margins. By half a point. Hey, it's a, you know, any, anyone can beat anyone now, in this league. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have the affected me. The inches you need are everywhere. Have, yeah, the inches you need are everywhere. It wouldn't <laughs> have affected me this week, but I have the most points against in our league. <laughs> which is pure, like, you need to no, work, no, I can't control that. No, work on your D-Tim. Control the controllables. What I've told my boys, we just got to control the control boys after control balls after JB beat us by half a point this week. Yeah, have that. And I think I lost by a couple of points to uh, your brother last week, Tim. Do you I, know what? I have to play JB next week as well. Oh, you he can do it. Eight and zero oh after yeah. playing me. Do you know what? I, d- I deserve it. You do deserve it. deserve it. Well, speaking of next week's matchups, uh, well, yeah, me v JB is the big match. That is yeah, exactly. huge. Before we talk about next week's matchup, do you want to talk about the Esportif inter- intelligence report? Oh yeah, that's that is quite interesting actually. Well, I don't know. I'm, I don't know anything about this. All right. So Esportif are a big agency, if you if you don't know, and a little bit of uh, in. Oh, that is. Um, <laughs> what is that? That is John Major. <laughs> 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 So I just explain why, that <laughs> why you've got John Major very kind of, uh, speaking to you. It sounded like a sort of clip of World War Two. Yeah, it did. It's very grainy. You know, so what happened before is I was reading an article in the Times. It mentioned John Major, and it mentioned here Tony Blair's election victory. And I just had a flashback. I thought, I thought, did he start his election campaign with a soapbox? Do you remember this? 
No. Yeah, so back in the day, he started his election campaign with a soapbox. I was like, that can't be right. He can't just have taken a soapbox somewhere and stood on it. So I googled John Major soap soapbox. Loaded up the video, but it didn't load. I turned on my phone, and the John Major video was there. John Major literally on a soapbox. So yeah, he actually he, yeah, uh, he actually did that. So Esport Esportif, they are a agency uh, primarily concerned with with rugby. A um, little bit of inside here uh, for their Christmas gift, they gave everyone port and cheese. Very nice. Yep, so, you, so you all I, know. I fondued cheese today for the first time. Did you? Did you? So oh, I, I, yeah. I've eaten a cheese fondue before, but I've never made one. But it's re- very easy, and it was unbelievably delicious. Mm. What cheese? Uh, mainly Gruyere, mm. a little bit of um, we had Manchego in there, and, uh, and some cheddar just to chunk yeah. it out. We had um, fondue in a Belgian place in Manchester. Oh yeah, and it was awesome. Bock bar, and I've never been able to go back there. Do you know why? Because well, I like to order things when I'm hungry. You have to order there a day in advance for bloody melted cheese. What? <laughs> yeah, like they, they won't do you like a cheese toasty. I'm quite sure you've got to order like a day before. I'm good. Well, I, I think it's the best way to. Uh, basically, I've got a few friends, and I went. I got. A load, do you want to come over? I've got a load of cheese left over. I could just put some cheese and port out and stuff. And they went. We got a load of cheese left over. Let's do a fondue. So they brought all their cheese. I brought our or brought our cheese. Just that's a brilliant way to. Get rid of the cheese board. What a good idea. It was great. That is a good idea. Bloody brilliant. Fun, yeah. I might do some tonight. Yeah, I'm go, getting hungry now. Loads of garlic, bit of white wine. I've, I've been, Simmer that off and then get the cheese in. I've been, I've been running off about five or 6,000 calories at least <laughs> yeah. in food every day yeah. for the past week and a half. Keep so. it going. End it in style. Yeah. So Esportif, anyway, um, gave out port and cheese. So the way that you know that someone was represented by Esportif the, the, the other day was if they were carrying around a box of port and cheese. Uh, so they have done a survey ranking the positions in the Pro 12, the top 14, sorry, Pro 14, top 14 in Premiership in order of average pay of starters. Yes. So it turns out that the highest average pay for a starter belongs to the second rows. Both in the top 14... No, sorry. The Pro 14 and the Premiership. Correct. And I think universally the bottom paid player, unbelievably, is Hooker. According to this, correct. Now, it doesn't It doesn't ring true to me that. not The, the Hooker is, is surprising, mm-hmm. but the fact that um, locks feature top in both Pro 14 and Premiership... It just, it doesn't stack up with my intuition and what I know about um, rugby salaries. Well, yeah, and I'm kind of with you, but Pro 14, there's a lot of skippers that are locks. Yes. A lot of internationals that that are <coughs> locks in those teams. Alan Wynne-Jones, Johnny Gray, Ian, Ian Henderson, yeah, James Hendo. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan and, and Devin Toner. Devin Toner. Um, in the Premiership, and Marrow, Marrow, Cruz, Skelton, uh, you've Launchbury, Launchbury, uh, Courtney Laws. Yeah, Laws would be important. Adam Coleman, Coleman, who is potentially on a very big deal if some of the rumours are to be Lude, believed. Dave Atwood, Lou Diaga, good one. But then the Quite dif- a lot. But the difference, so like. The Quinn's second row that started this weekend, Simons mm. and Louis, uh, Lewis, yeah, Lewis. or Louis, yeah. I mean, Levies or uh, yeah, the kids. Mm. Um, in a number of teams, second rows. So, it, well, if if we take 
some of those guys. So, so Launchbury, for example, mm. Launchbury will be on good money. He'll be yeah. on England money. Yeah, he will not be the highest paid player in Wasps. Uh, not by some distance, no. I would imagine, because no. Sopwanga and Fekitoa will be on significantly but then, more. But then Joe Simmons, whilst being a starter, will be way down the money. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, for Exeter, yeah. But then Hogg will be mega money, and who else? Well, it basically it's not Johnny Hill. Mm. Dave, Dave Dennis might be unreasonable, but not. Wasn't Dave Dennis captain of Australia for a little while? He might have captained Australia. Australia so yeah, like, he'll be he'll be on reasonable money, but it just mm. it, it doesn't it doesn't quite stack well, up to me. Well, let's assume it's true. That wouldn't be where I would invest the most proportionate no. amount of money in, in a squad. We've had this this discussion. We, yes, no. we well, I think they might have listened to this podcast. Thought that's a bloody interesting thing. Uh, let's go and do that. Um, I understand it because. It is about rare body types, and there's just not that many guys. Uh, you know, you, you you're not getting away being a, a lock now at six four. You've no, got to you, be, be six, six, five. Six, six seven. I mean, yeah, these guys are enormous now, and the bigger they get, the more that they'll get paid because the rarer that they'll get. Um, so yeah, I I can see that. What astonishes me though is that hooker is the lowest paid position. That is astonishing because. You know, you think of the spine of the team. You want you know you, the the uh, the hooker, the eight, the halfbacks, centres, the fly half. Well, at hooker, there's so much pressure on hookers because of lineout. Yeah. So like the skill set for that, you'd think it'd be prioritised. I, um, I would imagine that your lowest played players are going to be your 12, um, 11, 14, two flankers because a lot of people can do it. Yeah. Weirdly, right? Eleven and fourteen are the two highest paid players in, in the top fourteen. Yeah, which which is interesting. Probably does show they like to buy in a lot of that talent, and yeah, there's maybe. some there's some sensational players yeah. in the top fourteen who play out on the wings. Yeah. Radrada, Cheslin, Colby, Pano, Raka. Yeah, they are quite good, aren't they? Uh, Julian Sevilla will be on reasonable money. Uh, Colby. Yeah, all of those boys will be on mega mega money. Yeah, poor old hookers, eh? Interesting. Always getting their necks in the wrong places. Always fresh. <laughs> and they get paid pittance. And they get called fat by doctors. Exactly. Disgrace. <laughs> so other than uh, the big grudge match between me and JB next week in our fantasy rugby draft after the grudge match between Phil and JB, let's look at the... Do I need to win at any more fantasy rugby games to get into the playoffs? No, you're not, you're not far off. You're not am, far I, am I there now? You can just relax uh, for a week. Yeah, we'll relax for the next 15 rounds. Oh no, next 13 rounds. Can I let the boys go on holiday? You're almost there. Yeah. You can do, yeah. Can. Give, them, give them next week off. Bearing in mind how bad you've been for the last two years. This is the, this is <laughs> like... What's the... Um, I was going to say Lazarus, but that's the wrong thing. What's the fable? The comeback? Uh, like a phoenix from the flames, anyway, is what, you've, what you are. I'm the Bristol. I am, I, I am the Bristol of fantasy rugby. Mm. It is funny. For the last two years, JB has, will talk about anything other than fantasy rugby. Now, pretty much the first thing he wants to talk about as soon as you see him is fantasy rugby. Fair play. Yeah. Fair play. Uh, what are the Doing fixtures? Well. So, Friday, Friday 3rd of January, and I'll be, when this kicks off, I'll be on a plane somewhere over Across East Europe, Asia. Right? Yes. Um, is Sale hosting Harlequins. A game I will be in attendance for. This should be. This is a live a... game on BT Sport as well. Is it? Yes. They, they, know, they know how to pick them. Um, Comfortable home win. This will be a good game, and it will be a comfortable home win. Yes, I completely yeah, agree with that. I think home win. Um, Saturday, 
There's a one o'clock kickoff according to this. Is that a BT Sport game? Which one is it? So it's Leicester hosting Bristol. I believe so. So this is referenced it before. This is a must-win game for Leicester. I think yeah. I think Leicester win it. So Bristol have looked a little bit shaky, but it it's not massive changes they need to to win it. They just need to correct a few things, a few defensive errors, a few decisions here and there to win this. I still think, uh, yeah, at home, Leicester know how important this is. Are we getting two games? On, on uh, no, 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 no. That is not actually. A, that's not a live game on BT. That 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 one. Why, is, why, why is that time? Is that timing right? Why is it one o'clock kickoff? I don't, I don't know, but it's not a Can live you, game. The live game is uh, Gloucester again. Bath. Bath. Can you call your people and find out why, why this is? <laughs> why have they made it earlier? I don't know. Oh, so. Who's it? So, JB, are we saying Leicester? I am saying Leicester. Tim? Leicester, Bristol? Leicester, Bristol. I'm probably saying Leicester. Yeah, I think Leicester are going to do it. it. It will. It's very important for the league, actually, for Leicester to do it, I think. Mm. Um, well, London Irish will not agree. Well, <laughs> yeah. Or Bristol. It, it, does, it closes that gap. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Maybe a few fans wouldn't agree that. <laughs> but as a neutral supporter of the entire league, like me, uh, like Tim, then yeah, it would be good for Tigers to get a win. I genuinely have no allegiance. Yeah, genuinely. But people ask me this a lot when I'm out at grounds, and they, they, I know a lot of people sort of go, "All oh, right, yeah, you're just saying that." I genuinely don't. Same. I always just followed whoever my brother was playing for. So I have a little soft spot for. London Irish, from that point of view, I have mm-hmm. a soft spot for Bath because I lived there. Sale. I have a. You, 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 your brother was second highest tackler up until Christmas at Sale. Then you get fired by text message from Sale. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> that happened as well. <laughs> well, I, I don't remember that actually. Yeah, he got fired by text message. Yeah, because we went to the great. <laughs> they came afterwards on open up the podcast with how amazing the stadium. It's about six years ago, and you've moved on to much bigger and better things since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. I got fired. I thought you were talking about my brother. No, you got fired. I got fired by text message. No, your brother brother was fine. I think it was you they wanted out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. (laughs) Although, there was a story about Chris Jones, the sail lock, getting dropped from England by the team doctor. (laughs) <laughs> do, you, do you know that oh, one? No. Chris Jones allegedly was. Um, I know. I know he got dropped from sale for my brother. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did. He did. In fact, he was there for a remarkably long time and, mm. never, and never played. Uh, no, they, he got dropped by the doctor somehow. By the doctor saying, um, "Well, I would see you now, but you're not in the team tomorrow, so uh, <laughs> you're <okay>. out." <laughs> wow. Yeah. More important bodies. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, what were we saying? So predictions. So we're all saying Leicester. Yeah. Then we've got Gloucester hosting Bath, which I think will be a home win. I think it'll be a home win. I think that's 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 a big that's a big game. That huge. That'll be a brilliant. That'd be that'd be the game I'd want to be out of the weekend. Oh the yeah, atmosphere the atmosphere. Absolutely Agreed. fantastic. They've had some good old scuffles. The, yeah. uh, these two. Uh, did Tavis Noyle get red carded in this? Do you remember they had one right at the end? And I love JV's little niche <laughs> recall. Do you remember this uh, <laughs> this one game? This one game in this fifteen uh, years ago. The, the name, yeah, it, it went. It was a really muscular ex bodybuilding scrum half scrum slash half. winger. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it kicked off like right at the end. There was at least two red cards 
Tavis Moyle being one. I want to say Dave Atwood got, got a card too. Mm. Really went off. No. Was it Ryan Lamb? Uh, def- definitely Tavis Moyle. Ryan Lamb. Yeah. Awesome. I love so, it. It'll be a tasty one. Uh, the headline that I've just Googled Tavis Noel red card uh, was Tavis Noel punches Leroy Houston in ah, dramatic Gloucester, Leroy. Gloucester versus Bath Derby in 2014. Oh, when was the last time you saw red card for a punch? The, 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 I mean, like, I know uh, it's uh, not, I do not condone violence and I, no one should punch anyone. Him. But it is, it is a, it's, you haven't sit, heard about a punch in a rugby game for... And a sc- Forever. A scrum half punching a number eight, yeah. no less. A massive <laughs> number Ex-bodybuilding scrum half. Yeah. And a massive Islander number eight. I, I'm sure there were more cards than that. Uh, I think, I feel, I feel like it's three yellows and two reds. Uh, two reds and five yellows. Oh, oh who was the other red? Sila uh, uh, Puafisi. No, I wouldn't have got that. No. There you go. And yellows? <laughs> don't, don't, there's five of them. Five of them. Not got it in front of me. No, thanks. Oh, that's. I want. I want a tasty. I'm not, I'm not saying I want punch tapping, but I want. I want niggle. Yeah, I want niggle. Someone find me the last legitimate rugby punch, and, yeah. and we can archive it. Oh. You can watch it over and over again. Last time it happened on tape. The 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 video that made me fall in love with rugby was. I've said this before on the pod, but my mum went World down Cup. to went down to Woolworths. We had to sit in her office all day, so she went to Woolworths. Said, "Pick a video to watch," and I yeah. we picked the highlights. It was like World Cup '87. It was a video, and there's an unbelievable punch. I think it's Gary Wetton, a New Zealand lock. <laughs> Absolutely floors a Welshman. And in fact, if you put into YouTube right now, uh, 1987 World Cup punch Wales, something like that. It is like. You can hear. I think. But I think Wayne Shelford comes in and absolutely ends somebody. That's a Gary Wetton punch. It might not be Gary Wetton. It might be. It might be uh, Buck Shelford. But it is like it doesn't get more old school than than that punch. It's got a H in it. I'm, I'm not the guy for finding, for finding this sort of stuff. Oh, no, you are right. Yeah, do you know what I miss at Christmas now? And it used. To, they always used to have it. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Buck Shelford knocks out uh, a Welshman. Is this the one? This is in the World Cup. This is the semi-final of the World Cup. Punch, punch. Oh! oh. That's a blind side. Oh, hell. my God. Oh. Buck Shelford might legit be the hardest man ever to play rugby, I reckon. This Almost. Punch, what would happen? This punch coming in now from Shelford. Yeah, enjoy that. Bang. Wow! Oh, that is a sucker. That is a sucker punch. Oh my punch. god! Good night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, imagine if that happened now. Don't I mean, condone what? violence, but wow. That would like. I mean, that'd be you could kill, you could kill a man if if these guys conditioned. Do you know they when are. I think rugby punching stopped, like really stopped? I mean, uh, it still happened. Ashton Tuolangi. Yeah, it's prob- it's prob- yeah, man. that's a, probably a good one. Yeah, I think that when they took it really seriously was when the police started getting involved. So I think Neil Back and Lawrence Delalio got into it. Definitely Neil Back and the police got involved. As in, Oof. you're no longer allowed to hit each other on, on the pitch, lads. And then it basically stopped. But yeah, they had a few instances. Was that Maybe Delalio was a separate instance. Definitely Neil Back. De- definitely. Ashton mm. might have the, the accolade of taking the best punch and staying upright. Yeah. yeah. I, was unbel- I still can't believe he stayed up after that. Yeah. 
Fair anyway, point. anyway, <laughs> we're getting totally game. distracted. Uh, some some non-punching niggle, please, Gloucester Bath. Yes. Uh, the next game unlikely to be much niggle. Saracens host Worcester. Yeah. I Unless expect. they're going to niggle over Jack Singleton. Yeah, I expect... Um... No, you have him. No, you have him. <laughs> we don't want him. Uh, did he play back row today, Singleton? He, he came on because... I can't remember who went off. But, um, yeah, him and Jamie George were both on for the last few minutes. Hmm, excellent. Um, okay, fine. Then on Sunday, we have London Irish hosting Exeter Chiefs. Which is not going to go well not for gonna, one of these teams. Yes, and I suspect that team isn't going to be Exeter Chiefs. It's going to be a five point to nil bonus point win, and that team is going to be Exeter Chiefs. Which I fear th- that you're correct. Yeah, London Irish need to get a point out of this game. Yeah, need to get something, just a better performance than the last two outings. Uh, and then final game will be quite interesting. Wasps host, host Northampton and. I'll be here. I'll be there for that. Will you? I'll be in the flesh. Very nice. So for those of you that listen to any of my other podcasts, for instance, pilot episodes, I'm going with Godders. 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 Also head of RAF Rugby. And uh, guess who else? I know who else. I think I know who else. Carl Vorderman. Vorders. Vorders. I've, I've met her. I made a music video with her. What? What? I love these stories. You interviewed Alex Ferguson. You, you, you the, the, wrote, guy, the guy, that, um, the guy that I used to do my radio show with on XFM. Uh, Jim, he found as he was clearing out uh, a loft, he found his old at university. His housemates made a little band and did some songs, and he found a recording of a song he did about Carol Vorden. No, yeah, what is it? A good song? Um, yeah, it was all right. It was called Carol or Carol. It got to number eleven in the no num- number. It got to, we got it up to number eleven in the uh, in the iTunes chart. Shut on, up. <laughs> via our radio show at one point. <laughs> with a band we called New Vorder. Oh, nice! nice. Uh, but uh, so we, so basically, we found this song. It became a thing on the show, and we got a we got a band in Manchester to record the song properly, as it should be heard. And then Carol Vorderman said, "As long as any proceeds of any sales go to a charity she works with, uh, then I'll be in the music video." So we did a music video with her. What was the song called? Carol O'Carroll. It's on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> that is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, this might be a, 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 a thing to go out of the year on. <laughs> what a way to finish the year. If you talk, oh, let me go to Spotify. Uh, Carol. Oh. Yeah, well, whilst Carol. you're doing that, I will just uh, say that I will be at Wasps. So anyone saying that I hate Wasps, I don't. I don't. I'm even go- going, to the, going to the Rico to watch Wasps play. And I'll be supporting them. And I'm in a couple of beers afterwards. Look at the look One at the look at the album cover. Look at the, <laughs> the song cover. That's on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Well, play it then. Catchy. So this is this is what my mate wrote when he was at university. Got an XFM feel to it. Etc. You can find the rest for yourself, but there you go. Amazing. Now, um, as we're on your radio career, uh, 
You got retweeted by Richard Brunson. Not even retweeted. He just you know posted an article. Richard Brunson. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's pretty right. good, isn't it? Me and RB. Um, that's why I'm happy New Year. I'll, um, have a good one. I'll be in on Necker Island. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> Hell of a jacket you're wearing in that. Uh, Great jacket that is, mate. Edgy track top. Edgy. Very, very. That edgy. did make its way onto a uh, onto a BT Sport WhatsApp group where we just with the with the tag <laughs> Edgy. <laughs> that picture. <laughs> I did get some. I did get rinsed for that. Excellent. Lovely track top. Right. Well, let's leave it there. And next week we'll be back. Me and Tim will be back because yeah. we didn't take weeks off. You're taking three weeks off, Phil. Three weeks off. So have a lovely time. We could like um, we could try we could try and get a another guest. Another idea is we could potentially open up to oh, we could to, do something. Well, I, to, I've got to listeners to to dial in. You could do that. I mean, I've got two people, two surprises who might, oh, or may okay. or may not, may or may not. All right. Uh, watch so this space. Watch. Next week could be exciting. Have a, have a happy new year, gents. Yes. Happy new year. Yeah. New year. Have, a, have a great trip, Phil. Oh, studio's falling apart. Indeed. The microphone knows you're off. It's yeah. already, it's already it's going given to in. It's already given in. Uh, have a great one yourselves. Thank you very much for listening throughout the year. Download, subscribe, tell your mates, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.